0: hey guys it's ethan just kidding it's actually spencer uh on this episode of style and direction we are talking with garrett gooch uh stanley gucci as i believe i call him in this episode um uh who works as a marketing consultant for a bunch of different menswear brands uh so in the first half of the episode we're just going to kind of get to know garrett uh, talk about how we first got into fashion, his style evolution, stuff like that, and sort of his early foray into marketing. Uh, then in the second episode, half of the episode, we're going to get real deep into that nitty-gritty and talk about wh- what do you do to make uh, marketing good? And uh, wh- what is what is Instagram even? What are the kids talking about these days? All this and more... On this episode of Style and Direction.
1: Hi, guys, welcome to Style and Direction, a menswear podcast without the stuffiness. This is your host, Ethan Wong.
0: I'm your other host, Spencer. Adi. Uh, Spen- <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm a robot, and that's how I say my name. <laughs> Some some food for me and some food for you. <laughs>
1: I guess I did make him a robot. Yep.
0: That, this is a little snippet of our office podcast Wait, that hasn't come we, out yet. Did we come up with, I remember one episode we were talking about it and we struggled to come up with a good name for an office podcast. Which I feel like there's something in there. There's got to be a good one. Co- coming up treble? Coming up treble? I don't know. What's ethnicity. Ethnicity.
1: Scrantonicity 2.
0: No, not no longer affiliated with Scrantonicity 1.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, okay. uh, so, um, to, you know, we've got a guest today, which we'll, you know, we'll bring out in a second. But here we're going to do our, our latest. Uh, yeah, we have we have a segment, which we call it. What are we wearing today? What are we wearing? Today? And, and tell us about our day so far. So, Spencer, tell us a little bit about what you're wearing and give us a rundown of what your day what you did today. And remember, no dating. We, yeah, we can't.
0: <laughs> no dating. We record these.
1: <laughs> we record these podcasts like sometimes a weeks before
0: they're out, and sometimes like a few days before. We actually recorded the first episode, like the pilot episode, in like two thousand nine. <laughs> yeah, I was still in high school, <laughs> and I wasn't even born. <laughs> <laughs> but so we try and we try
1: not to put any specific like, like oh, did you see this on the news today, March
0: third. Yes. I did see the news today. Uh and we can't talk about it. We can't. No. Yeah, isn't it the fourth though? May the fourth be with you. Close enough. Yeah, okay, yeah. well today. Yeah. Should I do you want me to go top down or bottom up? Start from the middle and then the <laughs> side and then start and then the side. Okay. <laughs> so brown belt, <laughs> Joseph Boot, <Abou, laughs> men's <mentor> house. <laughs> Got it from with my employee discount, bitch. Twenty dollars. <laughs> um this is this is the most ridiculous segment we've done. Okay, okay. Keep, keep going. I'm gonna go up from there. We move right up inside, uh, kind of inside, tucked into my my pantaloons, which I'll get to later. Is like a a Fuller tie, English from the 50s. And he's actually t- it's actually tucked in for I told- once. I said that for once. Okay, here's the thing. I mostly wear like shorter ties, and so I don't usually do that. But because this tie is uh, pretty long. Uh, I had to do that. Well, I didn't have to, but I just did. Then I got a double RL shirt, striped, multi stripe. I don't even know. So it. you would say that you're wearing a striped shirt
1: and a pattern tie together. Oh my god, that's that's. If you read the blog, that's like a like a yeah. big thing that we do because uh, it looks it looks automatically vintage because yeah, no one looks, really does it anymore. And then I got a a
0: Tulesyn, uh, coverall ranch ranch jacket, which it's it's kind of like a chore coat yeah, but made like of a, denim. it's a denim chore coat. Uh, there's gonna be a blog post about it eventually uh we have to get me photographed in like three different outfits which is gonna be tough because i don't have a camera <laughs> and <I laughs> no he doesn't sh- and i see ethan like maybe once a week and so <laughs> at least three weeks from now there will be a plot- post about that we're gonna s- scoot things down <laughs> we're gonna go below the belt below the belt. welcome to below the belt with ethan spencer a menswear podcast with all the stuffiness and a whole lot of dick <laughs> <laughs> so below the belt i got gray flannels from brooks brothers uh like what what color are these i say like a light brown like a light brown sock that's me. taupe that's co- that, don't thanks. talk we haven't introduced you yet we'll get to you in a second um taupe socks <laughs> thank you yeah. uh and ralph lauren pen, penny penny loafers. you said that wrong no <laughs> nobody's nobody's nerfect you said that right oh shit yeah um so that's my yeah and what, and what did you do today mostly worked um uh they had on the news I'm so not, what, what, what I'm not gonna date it but the big movie uh super bowl <laughs> the super bowl version of the movies the Super Bowl b- movies uh i've got the oscar fever hope you got it too this is literally gonna come out like the second week, like the third week of March. Christmas for Tinseltown. <laughs> My God, <laughs> who's gonna win? Who's gonna lose? I got the Oscar Fever. Hope you got it too. That was Thanks. a song by Jim Heidecker called Oscar Fever. <laughs> and it's about him
1: being crazy for Oscar Meyer Wieners. Wieners. That's right. Uh, uh, so I'm wearing a green sack jacket I'm and from the top. yeah, I'm starting from I'm starting from the top this time. Yep. Um, and I'm wearing a Kamakura OCBD striped with a kind of like a, a blue with red square motif pattern tie. So, again, striped uh, shirt with pattern tie. I'm also wearing gray flanolos. That's what I call them. I don't think that's how they say it in Spanish, but it's definitely not what they say in Spanish. <laughs>
0: Our guest, <laughs> who shall not be named yet. It's
1: Voldemort, guys. Our Fuck. guest is Voldemort. Um, and then I'm wearing uh, tassel loafies. And, so, and I'm also wearing a beret, which uh, by the time this episode comes out, there will be a blog post on that,
0: just cause because I've been wearing... So you have a camera, and you can photograph yourself every day.
1: Every day of my fucking life. And today, I spent... Uh, well, I went to the Pasadena uh, Flea Market, which... If you look at the calendar is always the first week of a month. Oh no. <laughs> so that's how you know <laughs> Dude, when so this bad. is. I'm not dating this. <laughs> I can't date it. It's not old enough. It's illegal. Um, and I did <laughs> I didn't buy anything. Um, and then I hung out with Josh Gooch who is um curling in another room jamming out on the on the G string he's not what
0: we call sex yeah (laughs) he's just
1: having sex in the other room (laughs) while we're all here waiting for waiting to do this podcast well we're not waiting we're doing it right now um and then uh then i came here and then we started doing this podcast and it's pretty it's been a pretty chill day great story (laughs) cool story bro yeah make me a salmon. i want i love that rage comic now we're gonna move over to our guest here and spencer how would you describe what he's wearing why don't you you oh
0: i'm gonna describe it
1: paint us a word picture
0: oh uh here's the thing i'm a reporter not a poet i don't know how to do this well he's got a green hat with a not, cr- is it green? Not green is it is it green blue
2: uh this is navy it's okay. like a slate it's like a slate blue navy blue uh and the the band is actually kind of purple because it's been bleached from the sun that's mm, that's but pretty uh, dope. I let
0: just say it's blue just a blue Spencer, are you fucking blind? <laughs> the light is bad in here. <laughs> he's not sick, but he's not it well. Is a poor there carpenter that blames his tools. I love that song. But yeah, me I too. No, I'm definitely blaming the
1: tools. <laughs> you know, men suffer from color blindness, so and I'm women not surprised. Are from Venus. Yeah, so you know what that means. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, and you got like a linen band collar shirt. Say his name. I'll have him
0: say his name.
2: Uh, my name is Garrett Gooch.
0: Thank you. Oh, there okay, we go. he's introduced, and now you can talk about now him you can talk way. about it. And you're introduced now.
2: Now I can talk about my clothes. Yeah, talk about oh, your clothes. Sweet. Okay, so yeah, I'm wearing a uh, vintage Dobbs, like '60s wide brim fedora. It's been uh, yeah. tossed it's around, been?
1: huh? It's It's, said, it's, it's been, been a while. It's been a
0: while. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that was
2: good. That was good. I should do that the rest of the podcast. There you go. No, I'll I'll save everyone, save everyone's soul. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing a, a blue blue fedora. Got cool. like a uh, in isaac mizrahi linen shirt that i found at goodwill and i just cut the collar off because i felt like it you monster Let's see i know oh, i'm a monster cut it out yeah i'm a monster uh and then i'm wearing my grandpa's uh vintage belt with like this crazy sterling silver stuff going on it's pretty Dope. fun and then i have a new pair of uh the teenaged high-waisted uh selvage denim that i just got recently they're real fun fit nice and cozy and then I've got some good old Uniqlo socks on.
1: Hell yeah! A, uh, we're all vintage, wearing Uniqlo socks. Um,
2: like '60s workweary kind of cropped jacket, and then some custom shoes that I had made at the factory that I, I work with.
1: <laughs> and we're we'll probably going to talk about that factory in just a quick second. Now. Absolutely. And so, if we're just going to dive right in here, let's dive hey, in. Hey, you
0: guys, remember the first half of laps, lapsed episode? The last episode lapsed where I didn't talk much get ready for more of that because today we're talking about a topic I don't know a lot about. Well, that's for the second half of the episode. Oh, for the first half of the episode,
1: I might talk a little bit. Cuz we're going to hear it. trying to we're going to get to know Garrett Gooch.
0: Now Wait, not to, have, yeah. Stanley Gucci. I just wanted to get uh, that out there because last episode I uh, I forgot it until the middle and I just kind of threw it in. So I'm throwing it in the beginning now. Stanley, Stanley Gucci. Gucci. Stanley Gucci.
2: So, uh, fun fact, side note, uh, my grandfather's name was James Stanley Gooch, and I'm wearing his belt right now.
1: That's so cool. (laughs) I don't think I own anything of my
0: grandparents.
1: I do. Uh,
0: That sounded so sad. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I do, and it's a bunch of cufflinks that I don't wear very often. Nice.
1: My grandpa has some really... 70s stuff because he he came here from the uh, and we love the 70s yeah we that's that's all we that's all we wear, I, wear.
2: I love when my collar reaches out and hits my shoulder
1: hell yeah <laughs> I love it when my jacket is made of polyester that would mm-hmm.
0: that's like gonna melt everything went
2: downhill the 70s happened and then garment like garment everything production was, everything
0: was garbage and then yeah. from 1970 to 1979 it was like whoa uh, we had we had Ford we had Nixon we had Carter come mm-hmm. on. And then all the clones were so good. <laughs> oh, those are presidents. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but also brands.
2: Maybe I was hoping these were brands I didn't know about.
0: No. Yeah,
1: have you heard the Nixon one? I heard it's. <laughs> That's yeah, watches.
0: no Nixon watches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nixon
2: They're super retro. Invented in
0: 1970. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I feel like an idiot. By so. Roosevelt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, uh, so you're, he's the brother of our uh, guest who was on, like, what, two times ago? I do When, when did we release that episode? It's, it's two times ago, because our last guest was our friend Aldous. Aldous. And so this time we're talking to Josh's brother, Garrett. And are you a musician, are you a musician like your are brother? You I'm, head? I'm
2: not, I'm not a musician. Um, I slapped the bass for a little while, but then nice. I broke my arm so in half called, skateboarding, and um, so I stopped playing. Um... <laughs> burn um yeah i i don't i don't play anything right now um i i'm a hip-hop dancer though i like to dance yeah you can see all that on his instagram you can see it on my instagram if you'd like i do uh, a little bit of dancing and commercials and stuff on the side outside of my commercials um so you could see me in some like logitech Ultimate Ears commercials i was in a um like a weird energy drink commercial that was like big in the middle east and oh, I'm in I'm scattered around in other weird little things uh, you can check it all out on my Instagram if
1: you'd like. Ooh, <laughs> plug that Instagram. Yeah. We'll so that at the end. Yeah. Well, we'll do our, our yeah, social so, media. Plugs. So I
2: don't play. I don't play any tunage. But I, music still plays. I dance plays, to the yeah, tunage. Yeah, that's, that's pretty music awesome. Music plays me, I guess.
1: Oh, how deep. Yeah. That's
2: pretty deep. Things are going to get deep.
1: I'm real deep. I love going deep. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So tell us more about your journey with menswear. Like, did you always dress well, dress up? I mean, you don't really dress up. You just dress Ye- well.
2: I mean, I dress up sometimes. I, you know, it, it's weird. I guess we should just start on day one of me being like, "Hey, I'm gonna dress better." Um, I was, I was at a Buffalo Exchange in San Diego, and I was in. And you're I think, from San Diego. Uh, yeah, born in Seattle, and then you know, quite a bit of time was was uh, in San Diego. And uh, I was at a Buffalo Exchange. I was just wearing my Samba indoor soccer shoes because I had already blown through all my other skate shoes. And I asked my mom, I was like, hey, can I get these Nikes? They're on sale. And, you know, I'd seen some cool kids at school who uh, had been wearing them, so I thought it would be a good thing to do. And um, I ended up getting them. And the, the next day I went to school, I warmed to school, and the cutest girl at my uh, middle school said, those are really sweet shoes. Those look good on you. And right then and there, I was like, dude, I need to dress well. <laughs> it was seriously, it was one thing. It was just I didn't have a lot of friends. I was bullied quite a bit in elementary, middle school. It was one of those things where I was like, boom, this cute girl just said, you look good in those shoes. And for some reason, that was it. I started matching my clothes. It was a journey in itself. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, as I got into high school, I started... Dabbling in vintage things because I I wanted to buy more and I realized I needed to educate myself on things so I could buy and resell And so that was you know another journey in itself figuring out what's worth buying and what's not worth buying and um, what's old but gonna fall apart and and what's not Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um That was a lot of fun for me and in high school. I definitely did some really bad outfits Like i'm talking do they exist still anywhere? I could Probably find something on my facebook dude i think
1: i share my bad pictures dude, on facebook okay, yeah, all I'm gonna share the it. damn time
2: i don't go on facebook much anymore but maybe i'll share over i know over because to i you. tried
1: to add both of you guys on facebook and <laughs> i'm still waiting okay, for that friend um, request oh my god yeah
2: hit me up on myspace and, and tell me to get your request on facebook i'll ask tom yeah ask tom or ask jeeves no they're not around anymore um nope, so nope. i i had this i had this one outfit that i wore quite often i don't once again i don't know why Let's start from the bottom up. You guys were going middle or top down. I'm going to change things up. I'm going to start bottom up. Bottoms up. up. Bottoms up. Uh, So I had these these vans that had like repeated skulls with Santa hats on them. Mm -hmm. They were kind of cool. They were cool, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then I'd wear like high Nike socks. And then I wore black Volcom shorts, a white V-neck shirt, not tucked in. And then a formal like dress vest over the top of it. And a white and red embroidered like fitted cap. I I just, I was, I was I need to see this. I'll show, I'll show you guys for sure. Yeah. I just, I did a lot of weird outfits. I was just testing stuff out. I was looking. Which we all do.
1: Yeah.
0: I was
2: looking at some stuff online like lookbook.nu and I saw a few, sorry about that. I saw a few like kooky looking guys and I thought, oh, that's cool. And I just did some really dumb outfits, but. I yeah. kind
0: of thought the same thing when I first got into dressing up. I was like, if I wear, like, a weird piece, people will think I'm an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'll know that, like, I was like, even yeah. if my outfit doesn't look great, this interesting piece will be like, this guy's doing this on purpose. Yeah. That's a thing. It's like the yeah. bow tie principle, right?
1: Exactly. Like always like, like, it doesn't matter if, like, how good your outfit is. They'll just think of you as the bow tie guy. Yeah, yeah. Especially
2: would- if it's a clip on. Yep. Yeah. Yikes. just kidding they most people don't know so they're just like oh it's a bow tie all yeah, bow ties yeah. sorry well, I know. all bow ties aren't created equally and i will say that again all bow ties are not created equally speak the truth thank you mm. i just picked one up at men's warehouse it's a clip-on just kidding <laughs> <laughs>
1: you get it from spencer and we're discount? sponsored right yeah well yeah that's i hey we're
0: spencer right we're
1: spencer oh
0: <laughs> we're definitely not going to be sponsored by men's warehouse <laughs> after the shit
1: i say about it hashtag oh, i'm gonna
0: get fired yeah
1: if you guys are listening, fire Spencer. Just kidding. Don't fire him.
0: Because then I'm gonna be sad, and He's I'm not gonna have any guy. money to spend.
1: Um. So, so what do you look at for like as inspiration? Like, what what fashions or styles? I guess would you be like, hey, I just want to dress like this, you know? Yeah. You know, I I'm
2: definitely I'm definitely inspired by a lot of you know like the old like James Dean kind of movies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right. I like I like when my trousers and my denim are high. I like. Uh, typically tighter fitting shirts. I like wearing old Bandanas tied around like neckerchiefs and weird fedoras and western boots with cuban heels I'm into that stuff right now, but I definitely Just dress kind of like based off what i'm doing that day A lot of it has to do actually with am I going dancing later? Okay, because I I go dancing as often as I can because it makes me happy and um, so There's i a song about that, I think. Yeah, if it makes I'm happy. you happy. No, I was okay, thinking no. "Happy" by Pharrell. <laughs> that's okay, that's gotcha. what I was referencing. <laughs> yeah, I was I'm going for that. the dumb answer. I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, so so based off of that, I you know I, I wear certain things. Like I'm not gonna wear crazy shoes that aren't super comfortable wearing all day and then going dancing. Mm-hmm. If I, if I know that I'm gonna be like on my feet from the morning until maybe one a.m. It wouldn't be smart of me. So if I know that stuff's going on, I might put on a pair of my, you know, like 1970s repro chucks and I might put on some like high-waisted trousers and maybe a Western shirt or something like that, spice it up, just knowing that I'll have some comfortable shoes on. But if I'm just going out for something quick and I want to be all dressed up nice, I might put on one of my vintage suits or, you know, put on like a cool dress shirt with a weird vintage crop jacket and some crazy trousers that aren't super cozy, but... Just you know they make they make me feel wild for the day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what got you into that specifically? Like, you know, the whole James was it like watching old movies? Was it you know, like internet, you know, looking at images just you know, randomly?
2: I did a lot of I did a lot of lookbook.nu stuff when I was in. Can middle you tell school. us more
1: about that? Because I don't think Spencer and I have ever used that. No, oh, okay, never, so, not
2: once. So when I first when I first got into clothing and stuff, I I heard about this website, lookbook.nu. It was a basically it's basically like Instagram, but just a blog where everyone posts on one wall and uh, I would just type in certain types of clothing that I wanted to look at or just kind of run through a a feed of whatever. Mm -hmm. And I would get weird ideas for outfits. If I liked certain things, I would write it down and try to go thrift it, you know, that weekend. It was just a little, it was like an awkward, okay platform where I,
0: I don't know, got a lot of inspiration when I was in middle school and high school. Yeah. I mean, I could see I could see like how that would be super super helpful. Yeah, yeah. When you're when you're kind of getting into things.
2: Exactly, and you know, before that, I was I was into sneakers for a while. I, I had a lot of Nikes. I was a sneakerhead or whatever you want to call it. Um, I was definitely into you know collecting Nike SBs and Blazers and all that stuff. That was funny. Not like Blazers as in like a jacket. Blazers Nike like, Blazers. I did too. <laughs> yeah, I love nice. Blazers. Yeah, Nike Blazers. I collected a lot of that stuff. It was super fun at the time, um, but. I'm getting a little off topic right now, aren't well, I? Well, no, really no, quick, go ahead. Because I
0: mean, you, when you talked about how you like first got into vintage to like mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, you were like, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to resell it. You viewed uh-huh. it more as an investment. And I know that a lot of people in the vintage scene think of it that way, but it's also like a very streetwear, mm-hmm. like kind of, you know, sneakerhead way to, to look at it. So yeah, was that yeah. was that kind of where that came yeah, from? Yeah, I
2: mean, honestly, that's that's totally where it came from because in the sneakerhead space, um, a lot of it has to do with buying and flipping mm-hmm. and you know, I, I realized that if I bought certain things at certain stores, they might pay me quite a bit. And so I would do it once. And then if I found that item again, I'd, I'd bring it back to the same spot and see if I could make more money. Cause yeah. I wanted to buy more sneakers. Uh, at that time, things were marginally minimal elsewhere. I just kind of had crazy Nike dunks on fluorescent green you know, burnt orange, purple, all kinds of silver, crazy stuff. It wasn't great, but it was, it was a period of time where I really worked on, on colors. Mm-hmm. And I got, was this high school? This right. was high school. High okay. school is okay. when I was early high school. And towards the latter end of high school, you know, I was wearing vintage dress shoes and boots and blazers that actually fit me pretty well. What
0: was
1: the transition period? So going from like sneakers to like, vintage blazers
0: yeah, and then you know one day something snapped and
2: you're you know like, i i think it was that i saw a few people on lookbook uh cuffing chinos yeah. and wearing them without socks and what, uh, what time
1: period would this be and so high school so for you. this was
2: high school so it would have been probably around 2009 it was probably mid-high school I graduated in 2011 so
1: probably 2009 or so okay so and that makes sense the rise of like you know Hashtag menswear. Yeah, like yeah, man, yeah, like yeah. Mad, yeah. Mad probably Men probably came out. Two thousand eight, like two thousand
2: nine is when 2008, I. Two thousand
0: eight. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's sense. that's when oh, I so started. So your class of twenty eleven?
1: Yeah. I'm class of twenty twelve. You.
0: I'm twenty fifteen. You. And who looks the oldest? <laughs> <laughs> Me.
1: I look oh, like,
2: no, a, did you hear that? like I look like a thirty gr- year old grumpy man <laughs> with a beard. I'm just hiding everything.
1: There you go. Uh huh. Um. So the, so the transition period, right? We were talking about. Yeah.
2: So, it, you know it. I just I saw some people on lookbook. Right. Right doing Fuckers. that also at the time Sperry's were kind of a thing.
1: Oh, definitely. I, I remember but, that. Yeah. But <laughs> I was
2: me being the turd that I am. I thought I don't want to get just like the regular tan taupe ones. Right. And so I'd go to Nordstrom rack and nobody would ever buy the weird colors that didn't sell well. Mm-hmm. So I went and bought burnt orange and Navy blue and, and yellow I actually ended up buying a corduroy collaboration Whoa. with band of outsiders. It's oh, Did they were pretty sick. And so yeah, that sounds cool. I would do that. And then, you know, I, I'd Got some okay chinos uh, at a few different places and then just started cuffing those and bought some okay short sleeve uh, rain spooner shirts and started tucking those in. And so that was me kind of getting into this. I I mean, it wasn't really trendy yet at that point. It was trendy in the scene of people who were interested in fashion on lookbook.nu.
0: So yeah, it was was like, it was Mm pre-trendy. It was like... Still an underground thing before it exploded. Yeah, in the it was just kind of
2: a, for the menswear guys. A lot of them would yeah. do you know, chinos and a rain spooner and some cool Sperrys or some old dress shoes. I didn't really know about the quality then with the dress shoes that I was buying at, uh-huh. at vintage stores. Uh, I just knew that I was supposed to look for ones that were all leather. Mm-hmm. And if they were made in Italy, they were probably sweet. And make sure you're getting something that has like an all leather sole yep, um, and all leather interior just to make sure that if I wore them with no socks, they wouldn't stink. Mm-hmm. So the main misconception is that, you know, all shoes can smell. If you get all leather shoes and you wear them with no socks, they're not going to retain odor, mm-hmm. which is great. I did not know that. Yeah. So, so one of the companies that I'm a marketing consultant for, uh, 2120 Handcrafted, everything in the plug. shoe, plug, plug. We've, like we've plug. literally talked Shout about like, also in like the past like yeah. four yeah. episodes it's a big part of my life now so <laughs> I, I guess i'll toss it in there yeah um all of the the entire lining is is leather not just the uh, you know the the outside of the shoe not just the sole all of its leather right. so they don't retain odor i wear mine without socks i sweat in mine all the time i go dancing in them and they they don't retain any odor so that's one of those things that i learned uh quite a while ago when i was probably in sophomore or junior year of high school oh, I should look for all leather shoes. Mm-hmm.
1: Dang, yeah. I, when I was sophomore, I was still wearing like yeah, Domo like- t-shirts and fucking plaid mm-hmm. shorts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah, well, there there was just
2: those small things that I, I learned about or I saw on lookbook.nu or, or learned from some people. Right. I knew there was like the stitching on the side. I didn't know it was called like Goodyear welting. Uh, right. But uh, I knew that if you look for those stitches, it meant that they were like sewing the uppers down through the sole. And I thought, oh, that'll make it last longer i didn't i didn't know what that really meant back then but right. i knew that that was a sign of quality mm-hmm. just because i had read it and heard it somewhere
1: dang that's that's super interesting i feel yeah. like people ask spencer and i like questions all the time like shoes or like other like manufacturing details and the truth is we don't know much
0: yeah we don't we just we,
1: we know what it looks like
0: yeah yeah i think our,
1: our stuff is like basically like if we're
0: buying something that's vintage it's usually just in general better made yeah mm-hmm. because i mean i feel yeah. like we we know like we know the basics we probably know a little bit more than the average Joe on the street. But it's like I feel like we just kinda know by feel if something's Yeah, quality. it's it's like yeah, how for sure.
1: like I like for piano, like something like I learned by ear, you know, like I was talking to Sean Crowley, which I'm sure we'll get in the on the podcast in the future. He's you know, he's just a tie like- projecting
0: it out there the oh, secret oh yeah
1: but you know, if you think about it, it'll happen right yeah. if you want mm-hmm. it hard enough
0: actualizing it exactly That's exactly yeah. philosophy right now oh. <laughs> jesus
1: but uh so he was saying like you know he's a Thai designer and i might be paraphrasing it but like he does he also doesn't know too much about like the manufacturing side like he learned about vintage through feel which i think mm-hmm. is super interesting and like it's a it's refreshing to hear like you like you know all the details and yeah. you kinda knew what they were before you knew the terms for it. Yeah, cool. yeah,
2: I mean it, once again it was a weird process and it and not all of it happened exactly the same. Yeah. You know, I I just knew that when I would go to a place called Flashbacks when I was in San Diego, they had mostly seventies stuff and I remember seeing the callers and thinking That looks like a clown shirt. And also the material didn't feel good on my skin. Mm -hmm. Right, It just didn't feel these weird synthetic, Mm -hmm. like it just really didn't feel good on my skin. So I wasn't attracted to it. And then the 80s and 90s stuff back then had a weird fit to it. Mm -hmm. So just naturally I ended up grabbing stuff that was 60s and 50s. So it it was more so just that stuff didn't feel good on my skin or it was way too wide for my body type. Um, Interesting. I I have... marginally broad shoulders for how small my waist is so if if i buy something What's that's that too like? wide it, it's yeah, if i buy something too wide i kind of look like i'm swimming yeah. in it and uh that wasn't you know that that's never and you don't want that re- yeah you, yeah, you don't, don't really want that, want that. swimming so yeah i do i do not like swimming that much <laughs> i'm an okay swimmer but i just really don't like it I like give me a bicycle or a skateboard and i'll be a happy boy
1: you, you can swim on the road through your vehicle yes here we go. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, but, <laughs> I, love I don't know my what's my going
2: memory. on right now. Uh, so, this but, is a podcast on swimming now.
1: Hell yeah! <laughs> Welcome back to yeah. Jump... Swimmy Boys with Ethan and Spencer.
2: Welcome back um, to swimming in suits, but like <laughs> which, not the bathing suit, exactly. The actual suit.
1: And you shouldn't swim in your suits because that's a bad fit. Uh, but you know, <laughs> we were talking earlier about you know going Nordstrom Rack and everything. And, like you brought up like the brands, you know, and something mm-hmm. that Spencer and I don't know too much about are like modern brands are like brand yeah. name stuff and. Mm-hmm. You and you and your brother tend to know a lot about that. Like last time we had your brother on, he talked about you know like the Tom Brown and Brooks Brothers you know collaboration stuff. So what did you? How do you? You know, I guess combine your love of vintage with like modern, modern brands and everything like that, and like, or or maybe just having modern brands that you like and you put that with your vintage. Like they don't necessarily have a classic design. You know.
2: Yeah. You know. I mean, honestly, a lot of a lot of the stuff I I go for now is. Very much vintage inspired. Okay. Um. But a little while ago, it, it it wasn't the case. I mean, honestly, I just, I don't really have this. Yo, I'm dedicated to these kinds of brands and these these labels. Right. It it really has to do with, uh, one. Can I can I get it made by a company that's producing things ethically? Because mm-hmm. that's that's a huge part of of my life and also, um, a, a company that I'm a co-founder of. It's an e-commerce site that's launching in May it's all like ethically you know made goods to alleviate childhood poverty and empower women via female entrepreneurship so okay. a, big cool. life, cool. a big part of my life a big part of my life is trying to buy things as ethical as possible so when it comes to modern brands i'll typically buy made in usa mm-hmm. just to dot my eyes and cross my t's because it's really hard to produce things unethically in the united states so if i am buying modern stuff i typically will go for companies like tell us in or like the teenaged and all these other rad made in usa companies that are kind of inspired by the 50s and 60s uh i i wouldn't say that i know everything about all these other you know tom brown this and and brooks brothers that i don't know as as much as josh knows about all that um i just kind of know by style and and touch and i really just know i really just know what i like i wouldn't say that you guys are saying oh like you're kind of an expert on this and on that I wouldn't say that I'm an expert on any specific fashion topic. I would say that I ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. and I'm well-versed on a lot of topics. I'm not an expert on any. That's and pretty, I, that, was, that's my that yeah. was my goal. That was my goal because I, I really didn't want to just know everything about shoes or anything like that. I wanted to learn. I mean, there's well so many. Rounded yeah, exactly. Education. And I, yeah, <laughs> Important. Kind of. You know, there's so many yeah. awesome people that I'm fortunate to have in my life right now. And there's so much to learn from them that I might as well ask as many questions as I can and actually learn about a bunch of different topics and not just try to become kind of like a snob on one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be stuffy. Don't be stuffy. Listen to this podcast. We don't have uh, stuffiness <laughs> at, at all. <laughs> actually, I'm getting over a cold right now, so you might hear a little bit of stuffiness. This oh, is not a joke. This
2: oh, is I'm a true... sorry. This is a stuffy podcast. Hey. <laughs> Oh sorry that was that was not me.
1: Oh that's our that's our like for our, our next guest. Mm. What's his name? Oh this Woody is Allen. this is <laughs> w- this is Wedsted.
0: Oh Winston
2: It's just a guy It's just a guy With a runny nose Yeah
0: yeah, And we got him On the podcast yeah. Cause he's like He, he um, wears f- uh, fun hats Yeah he wears And we love fun Winston hats.
2: wears funny hats <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah it's just
2: um, I call that That voice uh, Winston The guy with the funny Runny nose
1: <laughs> With the fun hats Yeah it didn't.
2: Honestly, that sounded kind of cool, though. So it was. Say,
1: yeah. And people should know we love doing voices here. We um, love doing voices. We do. Um, but yeah, that's super cool. So let's let's talk more about what you like. What's what's your job? Jo- okay, job. Okay. So job. Yeah, define yourself by the your
2: job. job. So I've I've got a few. A few hats? things. I got a few hats that I wear. And this isn't Winston. This is Garrett again. Yeah. I have a few hats I wear.
1: And he's got a bunch of different jobs.
2: Yeah, I got a lot of I got a lot of weird things going on. I'm so I'm. Very hyperactive and working often. Um, fun fact: cool. I'm I'm straight edge, which means I I don't drink or do drugs. So I've got a lot of free time on my hands. How um, Stray,
1: straight edge five? five. We straight just edge high five. five. Yeah. So I Spencer got, I, definitely drinks. We went I
0: spend out. like ninety percent of my day doing weed and doing drinking weed. alcohol. He's a yeah. round
2: center. We're sponsored by yeah. weed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, weed. Um, Thanks. Yeah. So I I tend to have quite a bit of. Uh, Time where I'm feeling nice in the day So I tend to spend as much time in the day as possible working towards a a, a Better future for myself and the brands that I work with cool So uh, I have three kind of things that I I currently work on Um, One of them is I do a little bit of modeling and hip-hop dancing in commercials and that's a ton of fun Uh, the second thing is I'm a marketing consultant I've been working as a consultant for probably five years or so now. I was working while I was still in college, uh, mostly in tech back then, and then it slowly transitioned to be tech and fashion. Now I'm mostly consulting uh, for fashion companies. And uh, the third thing is, I'm working on this website that I had mentioned before. It's called Ziggy, Mm -hmm. and it's uh, the hyper-ethical e com site that's either made in USA or ethically made abroad clothing. And when you buy something, you get to allocate funds to, you know, save the world and like oh, wow. save the oceans and alleviate childhood poverty and do all these cool things. So I am a co-founder of that that com site. Oh,
1: what's it what's it called?
2: It's called Ziggy Z I G G I E. Ah, oh, okay. Yes. Cool. Cool. And uh, I'm super stoked about it. I do basically everything under the marketing umbrella. Um, I work with philanthropic organizations to put together campaigns for. You know, big holidays like Endangered Species Day, and uh, I'm a buyer, so I do all the brand liaison work. I choose all the brands. I vet them to make sure that they are indeed producing ethically, which is a fun process.
1: Oh, can you tell us a little bit more about that process?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, if things are made in USA, you're you're pretty good. Like you're you're kind of solid. I mean, unless you know that
1: there's oh my god, <laughs> huh? No, nothing. I, didn't hear what you said. I said, I said, my made make America great again. Anyway, Oh, oh make America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Keep, keep, so, saying, keep, keep America manufacturing. No. Keep America great.
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, that when it's a made in USA company, it's fairly solid out the gate. You know, that they're a lot of times um, employing immigrants, which is amazing, giving them great work opportunities where they get insurance, they're paid a fair wage and they can support their families. Awesome. And if it's abroad, it's a little bit more sketchy you really have to be able to show us that you're doing things appropriately so right now we've got this brand called uh furrow that i just vetted it's a lady that i know it's their in-house brand for m productions it's a um, showroom in downtown and they actually produce everything on a commune in india oh, wow. where all of the people who are employed their kids get uh, child care and they get to go to school and food is grown on the commune. They all get to eat that food. It's it's unbelievable. And the fabrics are hand-loomed, hand-block-printed, everything's sewn on site there, too. Unbelievable. So those are the kinds of companies that are outside of the U.S. that I have to vet. Fortunately, Did you go that, there for the vetting? No, no, no. There's a bunch of videos that I got to see, uh, tours of the factory. Okay, gotcha. And uh, they have a bunch of certifi- certifications okay. that oh. you can get. Um, from governments abroad and from from our government, basically, to say, "Hey,
0: good job! This stuff
2: is is this stuff is good. Like, good yeah. job. You guys are doing a good job producing things, and people aren't being uh, ruined, and you're not ruining communities. You're enhancing one.
1: Mm-hmm. Dang, that's that's super cool, man. Yeah, it's I, fun. It's a lot, like fun. Like a lot of fun. I get to meet a lot of
2: I get to meet a lot of people doing this brand liaison work, and it's it's been awesome. It's been super awesome.
1: So, what did you study in college? Did you study?
2: Yeah, so I went in undeclared. I went to, I went to Sonoma State University, okay. Really to play Division two tennis. I really wanted to play tennis in college. Nice. I didn't. I was undeclared, and um, so we got a real jock on yeah, our hands here. Major. We got a real yeah. I was a tennis major. Yeah. We got a real jock on our hands. Yeah. Uh, and I went in undeclared. I was thinking maybe I'll do something like psychology or sociology. That sounded fun. I loved history. Didn't know a lot Hell about yeah, his- dude. Didn't, didn't know, know a lot of history, but I but liked, just liked it. history and I, I did okay in those classes. And I ended up modeling in a Ultimate Ears commercial, which is a Bluetooth speaker company. Long story short, met the global brand manager. He hired me on as a consultant when I was 19 to run influencer programs for them. Hmm. Oh, cool. so I got into marketing accidentally. Okay. Changed my major to business administration with a concentration in marketing, and got that degree.
0: <laughs> and so you talked about how like you originally did you know tech marketing. It sounds like that kind of you yeah. just fell into that. Was were you thinking at the time this is what I'm gonna stick with, or were you thinking at some point I'm gonna involve into something else? Yeah, you know I'm
2: I'm definitely the person who doesn't put all his eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely a person who likes to dabble in certain things. Right. I knew that that would either be temporary or it would just be a subsection of of you know the entire group of things that I want to do in the future. Um, I have a lot of weird goals that I that I have set for myself, and that was one of them, to kind of break into the market at a young age and see if I could get respect and and do some really awesome work and learn a bunch from the people that I was working with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I did that, but I knew in the back of my head, okay, I need to work in fashion at some point. It's the thing that means the most to me. Right. So maybe this is my way in. And it started with Logitech Ultimate Ears, the tech company, Bluetooth speaker company. But, um, of course, now I live in L.A. and I get to work with, you know, brands and fashion.
1: Yeah, that's funny because, you know, I got my that's MBA funny. in – shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay. um, I got my MBA in marketing. Uh, for I don't know if you guys who listen to this know that my undergrad was in accounting and I you hated died. It. I didn't hate it. I just when – I, when I got to my junior year, which turned out to be my senior year because of some crazy – I guess I was just an overachieving student, and I worked hard. But you know, we've got like, an overachiever, oh. on I know you got a real nerd. Yeah, but exactly. and just just That's imagine amazing. what it's like, you know, walking in like nineteen years old into your advisor's office, your third year, where you're sitting with your junior year, and they say, "Hey." You know, you're done after this year, and this you're is like such
0: a humble brag right now. Well, no, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it freaked
1: the fuck out of you know, yeah, and I, 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 I had like actually. huge anxiety, like depression, and I decided to go back to school and get my MBA in marketing. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, I just did MBA at first, and then I was like, okay, I don't think I'm gonna do marketing because I kind of like this. At whole first, thing. I
2: thought you said you joined the NBA, and I was like, that's impressive too.
1: Yeah, dude, at five eight Filipino, that's totally <laughs> out of shape. That's what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but but country, yeah, like I mean, time. my first before I started working at Ascot Chang, like I did. Um, I had a job on campus and it was the records office and you know, I did diplomas and grades and whatnot. And I decided like, Hey, what if we did like social media, but like inside of our school, you know, like, cause people don't know totally. Like people hate the records office. They hate, cause mm-hmm. you know, this, this is the class or the department tells them you can't graduate or, Hey, you're missing this. So I'm like, if we went out there, people can ask us, you know, be more personable. Maybe they'll, use as a resource you know and then i you know that's like oh hey i'm actually using my my education and then i, totally. I worked for two weeks <laughs> at a <laughs> at a um like a not new mnemon- not pneumonics like like a robotics uh company they kind of do they make stuff for like airplanes or like other manufacturers and i was in their mark their new marketing department because they never had one before And I was kind of like their social media wing, and I was just—I was literally just posting whatever.
0: I honestly did not know you even did this, so this must have been a very, very brief thing.
1: Idea—I got it because you know it was at a um, career fair on campus, and our and our school is. Not really known for anything else other than like accounting, all, all, most oh, some of our you. some of our best students go to like KPMg, like all the big four accounting firms or mm-hmm. whatever. And so you know, I was like, there's nothing here for me, you know, yeah. like maybe as an undergrad, yeah, but not as a master's student who wants to do marketing. yeah, and there was this loan company, uh, not not a loan company, but a like a a loan company that was they needed someone in marketing, so i I got it because that was the only person who applied for it. and uh, but anyway, basically, I was there for like two weeks and I realized like, you know, I kind of want to work in fashion. So I'm, I kind of yeah. get what you were going through. Like You were already into fashion big time. Oh, then, yeah, right? yeah. By then big I was, time. Oh, yeah. I mean, my blog was already like, Popping. I think like a year by then. Yeah, I was already featured on a couple of stuff, you know, but mm-hmm. more vintage, like I was known mainly for vintage as opposed to like classic menswear. Mm-hmm. So
0: This is when your Reddit username,
1: the Teenage Gentleman. Yeah, this still is still, applied. yeah, this is still, yeah. So it's, you should
2: keep the Teenage Gentleman and you should keep it like until the end of time. Oh, so it's like, it. like still. You're like 70. You're like 70, and you're still blogging, and it's called the teenage gentleman. But you still dress. <laughs> you dress like you're
0: 14.
1: I I think that I still kept the teenage gentleman as an as an Instagram username for nice. a while
0: because I remember you were, It was a big thing. It's like, what do I change it to? And yeah. then it was the how not
2: teenage gentleman. People
1: have said like, oh, the 20 year old gentleman or the dandy
0: gentleman, and I'm like, I don't want that anymore. So I just, just did it. you you evolved past silly usernames and just it's Ethan Wong now. Ethan M Wong. Yeah, don't forget. Up. Buckle up, Buttercup. You know, I actually Be yourself.
1: Put Ethan and Wong because I think that's like it's kind of like my stage name because there's a lot of Ethan Wong. It's like yeah, you looked on yeah. LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's not really a lot of Garrett Gooches on LinkedIn. Dude, you know?
2: there's actually a few Garrett Gooches. Surprisingly really? enough, yeah.
0: I didn't know So uh, yeah. take that, guys. Nobody has
2: my spelling though. Fun fact. So it's okay.
1: there you it's go. Okay. And even I get it wrong, right? So.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, just an announcement here. Yeah, the beef Ethan's known day. me for quite a while and has my Instagram, but he misspelled my name on a blog post. Uh, there were probably ten Garretts written in the post, and I think seven of them were wrong and three of them were right.
1: And the funny thing is that usually I look at your Instagram every time just to make sure, and I think like the but first this, one is correct. Honestly, Ethan,
2: I want you to be always looking at my Instagram, baby. Oh,
1: that's all I do. Yeah, but dang, So that that's that's really cool. You know, you you were able to you know work in. Marketing like how you did that while you were in college, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I was Busy I'd I really I, I I definitely overwhelm myself uh, I don't regret it because it's gotten me to a cool place but man, I I was you know waking up super early doing weight training for tennis going to class Doing like? four hours of tennis practice going to class again and then going home and in the evening doing my work because hmm. uh, I would work remote for At the time, Logitech was uh, in, in like, the South Bay, in the the Bay Area. Okay. And so I would work remote from home. So I'd do that until the evening, go to sleep, and get up and do it again. So it was really tiring. But, yeah, I was doing it while I was still in in college. I was, like, 19, about to be 20.
1: So then when did you, you know, when you graduated, what was – What was on the horizon at that point?
2: Well, you know, a a few people. At that point, I was consulting with a software that did, like, social media aggregation and all kinds of weird stuff. User-generated content uh, leveraging where you can make Instagram posts shoppable on people's websites. I was consulting with Old Navy and Gap and uh, a few other tech companies and stuff like that. Okay. And I was maybe going to work for them. I had a few other opportunities, but... It ended up that I kind of got screwed over by a company that uh, I was really interested in. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Hmm. Because what I what realized happened? was uh, basically that that software company had told me, hey, do you mind writing a book, a like pamphlet on how to run a successful influencer program using our software? Once you do that, if we like it, maybe we'll hire you. And at that point, oh, I had already I had already done a lot of great stuff for the software and mm-hmm. run some really successful programs that they leveraged to get people to buy the software. And anyways, it was because I was young and they wanted to take advantage of me, and as simple as that. And it was a really good thing for me to see because I realized that I needed to watch my back a little bit more, yeah. and I also realized that uh, I need to just rely on myself. And um, I know that I'm a reliant person, and I want to be that person for companies. And it, it really it really upset me at first, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me, man. I thought, well, I guess I'm going to stay freelance. And so <laughs> I'm still freelance. Dang, I, I still God. do. I still do all of this stuff on my own. I have to do all the work myself. People don't get me clients. I have to contact people and do all of this myself. It's all on me. If I screw up and I don't have clients, if I screw up on a campaign, it is nobody's fault, but mine, I am at fault. And, and that is an awful thing to bear on your own. Oh, but yeah. the truth is it's, it's great. Because if I mess up, I I know what I need to correct. I can't blame it on anybody else.
0: So you know, you talked about how you don't like to keep all your eggs in one basket. So is mm-hmm. this how you're is this how you're doing it now, or like you know, I'm gonna continue working in fashion, but I'm gonna stay freelance. Or do you think one day maybe you will just say, now this is the company for me? And even do you think you're gonna like move away from fashion?
2: Uh, I don't think I'll move away from from fashion. I think no matter what, I'd always. I'd, I really want to keep doing the modeling and dancing and stuff as a as a side hustle thing right. um, I of course would love for this e-commerce site to really blow up and do really well and have an awesome impact on the planet and at that same time, I can be supporting a lot of the brands that I consult with like for instance twenty one twenty handcrafted the shoe company, the footwear company that I consult with they're being sold on Ziggy oh, because yeah. they are ethically produced in Leon Guanajuato and Mexico right so it's it was a shoe- in. <laughs> Oh, fun stuff. Yeah, I'm not funny, but that was a really good one, good one. Uh, You know, resist. and so I I really I don't think That I'm going to stop working in fashion. I might have some other clients in other areas But the cool thing about being freelance is I can work for a few different companies at once mm-hmm. in a few different categories and That's what's fun about it. Every day is is new and, you know, I can, I can be putting together an influencer campaign for an eyewear company in Australia, Local Supply, it's a company that I've consulted with in the past, and then go and run a pop-up with Autumn of 2120 Handcrafted. That keeps me excited. I like having a few different things going on. Um, I, I feel like I need a few different things going on. I
0: I definitely get that. Yeah. Um, because if I work, if I stay working on one, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the cold. That's the cold. <laughs> From like fifty year old man back to his twenty one. Oh, year sorry, self. it's Winston again. <laughs> um, if I work on like one project for too long, like I get super burned out. Like, yeah. I I started I started a project. This is not like a project, but with Ethan and a couple of his friends, I was running a D and D campaign and like I, the first the, the first we have not done
1: no, it, it's a, it's a, a part of it is the scheduling
0: but also it's like it's because like the first couple sessions i was like i'm so pumped i have so many ideas and then i was like i'm done with this <laughs> and that's i mean that's one of the reasons you know right now i'm kind of super excited about my career choice because i just got back from a journalism conference that's why i like journalism because it's one of the you know you're always moving from different projects. It's like the deadline is like, you know, at most it's going to be like two weeks from now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's never going to be like, you need to work on something for a year, which I, I've never been good at. Yeah. No, me too, man. Mm -hmm. Me,
2: me too. It's fun. You know, people will contract me to do an influencer program or something like that, where a lot of my friends down here in LA are menswear, women's wear influencers. And, I mean it's it's tight i i'll get product from these clients i'll get to give it to my friends hire a friend of mine to shoot photos of them we give all that content off to the brand and they can use it to sell their product better yeah it's like that's that's my work that's freaking awesome (laughs) like this is this is sick like i get to work with friends all of the time to produce cool little campaigns for companies uh I once again, I wake up every day being like, damn, this is a fun occupation that I accidentally fell into. Yeah. Yeah, this was all by accident. I don't know everything when it comes to marketing. My classes that I took in school were completely outdated. Mm-hmm. I had to go and get these jobs. I think that's
1: usually how it is with like all marketing classes. Yeah, like they're like you know, maybe like five years behind. Or no, no even more, man.
2: I mean, I realized the coolest thing about getting that first consulting job was I knew at that moment this is going to be my education. The person oh, that yeah, I was yeah, the yeah. person that was above me at at ultimate ears. This guy named Paul Piggott shout out to Paul Piggott super rad Happy. dude. Um, the guy was from the UK. He was, he was awesome um, He taught me so much about marketing strategy social strategy Really diving into analytics, even though it was something that I really didn't want to get into He was able to lay things out for me in a way that my classes never were able to lay it out and uh. That was the start of it, dude. Like, that was the start of it right there.
1: Dang. And we're going to get into more of that on the second half of the of the episode. But before we take a break, can we talk a little bit about modeling? Because yeah. so Spencer and I don't do that. I mean, we do <laughs> take a lot of pictures for the blog. You guys and, are cute boys, though. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Um, you know, and I, you know, I take pictures of myself, and I I mug it for the camera. But I definitely don't know anything when it comes to modeling. You know, the business side of it, or like you'll notice that we both have three poses. It's like hands in our pockets, hands behind us, and then crossed arms right and i like
0: sometimes flip off the camera because i'm an irreverent guy we all flip off the camera i flip off the camera
2: yeah check out the uh check out ethan's page there's a photo of me flipping off the camera there's
1: that one there's also one that that uh colin posted i think on rogue collective yeah
2: that one i'm also grabbing my crotch
1: that's true i did not notice that until i was editing the picture
2: i thought oh that's
1: embarrassing So tell us like what it's like to yeah for you, you know, to work mm. as a model, you know, tell us a little bit about that.
2: It's cool, man. I, well, this is another thing where I, like everything in my life, fake it till you make it. Okay. I, I was on spring break. Spring I was break. still, spring I break, was woohoo! spring break. I was, I was going to school at Sonoma State. I was down in San Diego. I saw that there was an American apparel casting call and cool. I ended up driving up from San Diego to LA at the warehouse to go to this casting call, there were like 8,000 people there. Holy God. And I almost just got in my car and drove home, (laughs) but I got in line and waited out there and, you know, it was hot. (laughs) And I ended up getting pulled out of line by this lady who was the lead photographer there. And she kind of let me know, Hey, this was kind of a marketing ploy to get people to come to the warehouse to buy stuff because we're giving everybody in line 50% off the warehouse Dope. And I was like, oh, that's rude, but please <laughs> can but please continue. And anyway, she said, We'd love to bring you in for a test shoot. And so I ended up working as an American apparel model for like two years or so, and that was my first modeling gig. So, so
1: what what was that? Like did you model at all? Like did you take just It was, just, it was all
2: e com and before that no, oh, I just okay. had people take photos of my clothes for my Facebook and my Instagram and stuff. Was it, it
1: awkward to like pose? You know,
2: I I was Semi-familiar with things but also American Apparel was very like stand straight. Okay, smirk a little bit But act really tight put your right hand in your right pocket Oh, so they gave a lot of direction Yeah, you know, it was it was kind of the same thing because it was e-comm so it has to be um, very consistent, right, 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 you know, it would be Fifteen shirts that we shoot in like ten minutes. I'd put it on do like six poses done onto sweatshirts all the colorways So it was it was quick Um, that wasn't, you know, a very like, uh, interesting kind of first modeling thing. It was just a uh lot of e-com stuff, but it helped me get quite a few gigs after that, which was sweet. So that was the start of it for me. And then after that, I went onto a weird casting site and ended up getting, you know, like a dancing commercial for oh, like getting what? Yeah. <laughs> getting getting what? I end up yeah, some guy brought me on set and said dance in this bikini. No. And there's that a couch there and uh, Michael Bay there's a Couch. Yeah. Um you know I ended up getting this this hip hop dancing commercial. I was an extra. I got to dance do like a freestyle by the way, I only do freestyle dancing. I don't do choreography. I'm not good at choreography. I think that might be uh another reflection of my personality i you have to like dive into that for a while and i think i'm too anxious to learn a bunch of choreography mm-hmm. i just want you to put on music and let me dance anyways i, gotta, I, I
1: totally get it i'm something with me and music like i feel yeah. like i could learn to read sheet music and play sight reading and whatnot, or not or I, I could just, play and have fun right now. Exactly, exactly exactly
2: and that's my thing with dancing i could play yeah. and have fun right now so i got this cool gig dancing in the sand uh at, on venice on like the beach in venice and uh it was awesome, man. That was my first little dance thing. And then from there, got quite a few cool gigs and uh, just got signed to an agency um, about maybe nine months ago. I've been in cool. L.A. for about a year and five months. Uh, got signed to an agency. They send me out to castings. Those are kind of fun. What, what are
1: castings like? Yeah.
2: Um, It's a bunch of people mad-dogging each other in one room. I'm just sitting there smiling because life's tight and why would you not be smiling? I'm just sitting there smiling and everyone's looking at me like, why is this guy happy? I don't like him. And then there's a bunch of girls in there judging each other, which is not nice. Um, And I just go in and say nice things to everyone and then hope that I get the gig. And uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. And then the cool thing I like more than castings is direct bookings, which is where a company will just contact the agency and say, Hey, that Garrett Gooch guy, we want him for the shoot. <laughs> He's got moxie. <laughs> here's the, here's the, here's the payment and have him here on this date. And that's awesome. That's really fun. But castings can be, uh, tedious every once in a while.
0: Uh
1: huh. Dang. I don't know if I'll ever find out what that's like. We aren't models. No, we're not. <laughs> but, but that's super cool. I mean, I don't think I know any models because most of the people, I mean, I guess we can get into this on the second half, but like, most of the people I follow are all like regular guys who just get their picture taken. Kind gotcha. of like how I approach for the blog. The like, guy
2: next to you is a model citizen and his name is Spencer.
0: Upright citizens brigade. Upright citizens brigade. I heart
2: comedy. Yes. And
0: very good. Thank and you. Hey, do you know the, uh, the other rule it's no, but
2: no, but
1: that's
0: exactly. how, that's, that's how I, I thought that was
2: just life. on signs at the beach. No, butts. AKA don't smoke cigarettes on the beach. Or don't smoke cigarettes at all. Also, cigarettes don't are bad. Also, don't take your
0: dang pants off. Ain't nobody wants to see that junk. This ain't <laughs> France. Yep.
2: Yeah, this ain't France. I'm gonna do a TV show called "This Ain't France. It
1: France," and it's and it's just. Everything that's not France. Yeah. That's all it is. You're yeah. just going
0: to go up to people, and you're going to be like, what are you doing? This ain't, this ain't France. France. And then there's going to be a laugh track, Dude. and it's going to be the fake sitcom and the remake of this the is remake good. of Robocop. This is good comedy. Yeah, This
1: is the funniest.
2: Yeah. You know. Who knew I was going to be a funny guy?
1: Yeah. You were going to be a mushroom. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, so cool. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more Style and Direction. After.
0: hey guys welcome back to style and direction a menswear podcast without all the stuffiness yeah you know, that's the original title, but now it's just without the stuffiness with oh it's with we dropped the without all the no, that it's was
1: never like that was like when i wrote it down that's what it was but then if you listen back all of them just say without the stuffiness shit Okay,
0: I don't even know our slogan, that's and that's
1: like, yeah, I don't know why we said it in the break because it's like, oh, you forgot what you were listening to, yeah.
0: Uh, but we're we're still here. What do I don't I don't listen I to the podcast. Do we have a Do we have like the musical stinger or do we, What do we What do we right, use now,
1: right now? We're now using a, a track I like to call 1970s, which is something I've written, um, and that will be in this one okay yeah you you can hear in the other ones
0: so it's called listen to our podcast wow i don't like hearing my own voice it's nothing to do with the podcast it's uh whenever i hear my voice i want to kill myself oh my god (laughs) (laughs) it's it's, it's not even like i it's not that i don't even it's not i don't like my voice I'm, i'm cool with my voice but i did theater and we always got dvds and watching myself on stage um I hated it. Like, we put it on during, like, the cast parties, and I would, like, find excuses to, like, leave the room. <laughs>
2: Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm completely the opposite. I hate my voice more than anything. But, but I'm down to be on camera to dance or move around or do weird things. But, damn, I hate my voice.
1: I, I've done that a few I think there was one when I was in uh, my film class. I only took, like, two film electives. Yeah. Um, and I usually pretty good about watching myself on, you know, in the video – but there was one where I actually talked, and I was like, "I'm, I'm, I'm." I just walked out. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I'm I just done. walked out, and I just waited outside for like five minutes until the video was done. I'm
0: always worried that yeah, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna find something uh, in the video that I'm like, uh, that's gonna keep me up at night for years, <laughs> and it
1: already started. Yeah. No, but we you know we're here with uh, Garrett Gooch, and he was just finished telling us about uh, modeling in the before the break, and this part of the podcast we're gonna talk about. <laughs> what i just like in this part of the podcast as you all know we've gotten to the point we've got to the point where we're gonna talk about marketing and menswear and fashion and that's something that garrett and uh technically i work with and i as don't our... <laughs> yeah yeah so so tell us so what was the first like straight up like consulting marketing job you had for menswear or fashion Ooh. um you said before, you know, you did the Logitech one. Well, technically, technically,
2: it would be a uh, UGC leveraging commission job. Okay. Where I I was basically a consultant for a tech company, and I worked for Old Navy. Hmm. And what I would do is I would use their software that. Um, Basically gets together all the customer photos under the old Navy style hashtag. Okay, I would find the super high-quality ones that were done by uh, Men's wear and women's wear influencers and stuff. I would put them together I would then based off the look of the garment I would find that item or an item that's just like it that's still available on Old Navy and in stock. I Would get those SKU numbers. I would put them into the system and it was all put into this like crazy weird system into a widget, which is basically like a little page within a page. And it would, right. it was at the bottom of the Old Navy uh, homepage. And so basically you could scroll through customer photos, click on it. And if you liked the blouse or the trousers that they were wearing, you could immediately buy it now. So that was technically my first thing in fashion. It wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't like the creative director for Versace. Right. But it was, Not you know, yet, right? it was me using my understanding of, of color and and uh, I guess the names of certain types of items mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that I could curate these photos at a fast rate and and basically curate these uh, shoppable UGC streams, user generated content streams.
0: And so was this something that you kind of like, uh, forgive me, I was I was writing something down and I didn't hear it. Did you say that this was win- with Logitech?
2: No, no. So I was I was consulting at that time with Logitech Ultimate Ears, the okay. Bluetooth speaker company. This was another job that I had at that time when I was still in college.
0: Okay. But did you, did you seek it out specifically because it was involved in fashion? No. No. So
2: I, the funny thing was I was that software company that I was working for with Old Navy. Mm-hmm. I used that software at Ultimate Ears. Okay. So they heard that I was running the program and said, hey, we've got another person who uses our software who needs what you have. And I said, let's do this thing. And they said, oh, it's Old Navy. And I thought, here it is. So now I'm going to work with a company that's in fashion. Granted, it's fast fashion, awful clothing, Terribly produced, yeah, not going to last a long time. I don't
1: think Old Navy is going to be a sponsor now. <laughs> yeah, that
2: was below the belt. I don't Harris. want Old Navy to be a sponsor of this. I know. I'll make you it. guys take this one off the off the air if it's uh, if <laughs> Old Navy is a sponsor. um Anyways, that was that was a thing. It was a great start. So thank you to Old Navy and the software but company. Also, fuck you, Old but Navy. But also <laughs> rude for making bad clothes. And uh, yes, yeah, so that was technically just my first fashion thing. It wasn't uh, pretty. It was a lot of work, but it was fun.
1: Was it remote, or did you actually? It was remote. I was working
2: from my kitchen at my house. I was living at at college. Mm,
1: dang. Yeah. Dang, that, that's super cool. Yeah. Did you Did you have something? No. I was keep... Okay. <laughs> All right. So, when when did you start getting to like more like consulting jobs, like you know, like kind in, of similar to what you yeah similar to what you do now, but maybe me like on the beginning scale.
2: Yeah, I mean, so. Basically, what happened was I started reaching out to people, uh, companies, and saying, hey, I've got all these influencers. Do you want me to get product on them? Because I had worked with so many influencers with Ultimate Ears, the speaker company. Right. My my job was essentially becoming friends with influencers via Instagram and then giving them speakers. And if these speakers ended up in a post or two, pretty cool. Am I Right. Right. And so, you know, that would accumulate to a bunch of eyes on the brand and eyes on the brand would end up meaning more visits to the website. Visits to a website usually means people are going to buy some product. And so I, I made marketing 101, marketing 102. There you go. And yeah, so I ended up knowing a lot of these people and thought, wait, I can reach out to them again with another brand. Let me tell a brand that I'll reach out to these people for them. Right. And so I started, I started doing that with a few companies. And, uh,
1: did they have a lot of the same, like because I'm, I'm not too familiar with the speaker, you know, yeah, market, yeah. whatever. But but just in my head, I'm like, oh, so these people, these influencers, what were they like? Are they just lifestyle bloggers? I use all kinds of people. That was okay. the whole
2: point. The whole point was to hit a bunch of different markets and, and just
1: give them speakers. Yeah. So oh, okay, so okay, for okay.
2: instance, like we would do even chefs, and these chefs Whoa. would these chefs would curate these playlists of. This is what I cook, or this is what I cook to when I'm... This is the music I Yeah, no, seriously. (laughs) This is actually, they would would do playlists of this is the music that I cook to when I'm cooking Italian. Hmm. And they would set up these cool playlists and do these awesome blog posts and have photos of the speakers next to them with flour all over the table. They're making pizza from scratch and pasta. It was cool. And then we'd send it to dancers, of course, because... You know, back in the day right. when you had big boom boxes on your shoulder, it's nice to have a compact speaker that's loud. Right. We would send it to surfers, them hanging out on the beach after they're done surfing, and and professional skateboarders.
0: Are you Just, allowed to give us any names that we might recognize? I mean, honestly,
2: I gave so many speakers away when I was. I know so for that many company. famous people. Yeah. No, I like <laughs> it was a lot of the the bigger people. It was through their agents and stuff. Mm. We would get their address and send them. You know the goods, yeah. But uh, yeah, man. There was just there was just a bunch of really cool people, bloggers, professional athletes, and we just send him a speaker and be like, hey, have have fun. We really wanted it to be genuine, and that's why I was happy doing the job I was doing and working it with didn't the guys. Feel guy. like you were like tricking people? No, no, it really cool. wasn't. It really wasn't that way at all. And and I let them know that too. I said, hey, we would love to send you a speaker, if you like it. Use it often and and bring it out when you're with your friends and take it on trips And if it happens to end up in a post and you have a chance to to tag us, we would really appreciate it Otherwise have fun enjoy the speaker Mm -hmm. and because we went about it that way people actually took to it And that's really how I felt. I really wanted that to be the truth and so I, I made sure I externalized that and I vocalized that that a no pressure, but if you do want to post about us and you enjoy the speaker, awesome.
1: You know, on on a kind of a personal note, like I don't really get a lot of that kind of stuff happening because I have such a weird niche taste in menswear. For sure, for sure. And but I do appreciate when when a brand contacts like that. You mm-hmm. know, I've gotten like I guess these aren't really plugs, but I guess since I like them, I got two ties from Gentle Supply. Yeah, and those and, ties were sweet. Yeah, then they are. The you post. know, and I probably wouldn't have bought it from. My, honestly, if I'm speaking, you know, being perfectly candid, I you know I probably wouldn't have bought them if I. Wasn't contacted by them, but then you know when they sure. when they came up and I'm like, you know, I do like this stuff and I would be mm-hmm. love to like see if I can wear them, you know. Yeah. And there's no pressure on me to like have to like sell it. And then exactly. I wore them, and I'm like, whoa, these are I like wearing them, you know, not as much again as my vintage ties, which I exactly. put in the blog post. But I'm like, yeah, and some people like yourself were like, yeah, those are cool. Some people were like, hey, where can I get vintage, you know, ties? that You know, but I'm not really comfortable buying vintage. They're like, yeah, yeah. So I think that is that's a cool it's so a cool way of doing that's, it. That's you
2: know, fortunately once again, I, I was mentored by somebody who really was doing it right at the time before right. a lot of this influencer, this influencer, that was a thing. And so he basically said, this is how we're going to do it. And I ran with it. And the unfortunate truth is that within that next year or two influencer marketing became the buzz mm-hmm. and was about it was to a bunch of, talk about that. it yeah. was a yeah. bunch of, it was a bunch of this, like, if we're fine going into this topic, it was a bunch of this, you know, just spray out a bunch of emails and hope a bunch of influencers come back. And what happens after that oh, is man. people are used to getting these BS emails of, mm-hmm. hey, bro, we love your style. Check out our brand and tell us if you want some items. That is so ridiculous mm-hmm. and and a waste of people's time. And it that stuff made me very sad. Yeah, And I feel like because a bunch of these companies hopped on the treating influencers not like they're humans kind of vibe because mm. people hopped on that train. Mm. It made influencers back up. Mm-hmm. So they ask for bigger budgets oftentimes uh, to oh, yeah. price people yeah. out and to make sure that they're being legit. And they and if they're not legit, they'll still take the gig if they're getting a lot of money because they tried to price them out. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Right. And so right. – it really made a lot of these influencers kind of weirded out by a lot of different people. And because everybody in the world at that point started blasting out all these emails too, like, hey, buy our software for UGC integration, user-generated content integration. Buy our software for this. Get our software for that, for analytics for this. Dude, the influencer stuff and that software stuff really messed up cold emailing and cold calling. Mm -hmm. And so I think... Because I was taught by somebody who was a human and wanted to treat people like humans. I I decided to just keep at what I was doing. And if I want to work with a brand, I will find a way to talk to somebody who owns the brand or is like, you know, the director of marketing and talk to him like a human. And if I want to talk to an influencer, I'm not going to send them a DM from the, the company account and be like, What's up, fam? Do you like our stuff? <laughs> if so, send us an email with your sizes and your address. I want to talk to them about, hey, are you comfortable doing this? Mm-hmm. If we do send you some products and we give you this amount of money, are you comfortable doing this many stories, this many posts? That That's what I'm into. I want to know about them before I just send product to them. I've never been, fortunately, I've never been a part of a campaign where it's been uh, – there's been a huge disconnect between uh
0: the company myself and the influencer and so you kind of you know you kind of started getting into this but when you're looking at companies to get involved with Mm -hmm. uh, besides you know like obviously you know making sure everything's as ethical as possible stuff like that yeah what are some of the things that you look
2: for I like, mean, honestly, if I vibe with a brand, I'm, I'm probably going to try to reach out to them. I post a lot of stuff on Instagram with the clothes that I wear, mm-hmm. and I, I tag them if it's something new and the company's still around. For instance, I was in New York for work last year, and I went into opening ceremony. Cool store. There's some cool brands in there uh, that I definitely appreciate. And I was looking for a pair of glasses, but I really didn't want to spend... 400 plus dollars right and there was this company called local supply and i figured out oh they're a company out of australia good price point like 85 dollars or so a pair yeah, okay and they're they're made of recycled plastic which is great kind of on the ethical end they're made in a good factory in china but an ethical factory and i ended up buying them i would post a bunch of photos of me wearing them and they kept on asking yo can we repost these photos can we i'm like dude of course you don't even need to ask and I ended up getting in touch with the director of marketing. I told them, I said, hey man, if you ever need a campaign produced, if you need some more content for social, I'd love to do it for you guys. And they were super open to it because they knew what I had done on my own with an iPhone. Right. And I told them about the photographers that I would use. I sent them some of their work. I told them some of the influencers that I can shoot. Boom, a month later, I pitched off to them, hey, let me shoot this cool campaign with you guys. They built a whole campaign around it. And we shot for my friends who are models and influencers. I had one of my best friends, Alan. Um, Alan Daniel oh, yeah, Photo yeah, yeah, yeah. on Instagram, if you want to check his work out. Alan Daniel Photo. Uh, I had him shoot the campaign. I produced it. And it's awesome. And it's being uh, tossed out right now on At Local Supply on their Instagram.
0: I'm on their website right now. And I got to say that their shit is dope. It's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. great.
2: And it's, it's one of those things where if you aren't able to buy like uh, Garrett Light, I think is the way you say it glasses or like super expensive Ray-Bans. This is a really solid entry where you still have a bunch of style and a few like vintage style frames yeah. and it's not going to break the bank. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if if you guys are into these and you don't get the name of it, just go on my Instagram and you'll see them tagged in most of my posts with glasses. Uh, I do genuinely only, like them. Like I genuinely like yeah. them and that was that was super cool to me getting that pat on the back from the brand being like, "Dude, we love when you wear them, let's put some on your friends and yeah. you shoot a bunch of the content with some of your friends and let's see what happens. And uh, fortunately, it looks like I'm going to do another program with them. Oh, cool. Coming up soon. We're in the process of talking about it. And, uh, you know, it's nice when a company really appreciates what you do and how hard you work. Yeah. Um, I like my brother, we learned from our parents to not half-ass anything. Like if I'm going to put a program on for a company, You're gonna whole I'm going to I'm going to whole-ass it. I'm going to go. put my whole ass into it. Nice. Uh, and and that's that's really something that I that I stand behind.
0: Because it sounds like the the big thing for you is just making sure that the companies. Uh, uh, are just kind of like a little bit more like, you know, they're not just like faceless. They, yeah, no, just like more friendly, I guess. Totally.
2: Um, I I don't plan on working for an old Navy or any of that anytime soon. You know, I've I've been really fortunate that over the past year and a half or so that I've lived in Los Angeles, I've kind of transitioned from these um, mid to high level companies just in terms of assets and how big the company is and where they are, where they aren't to a lot more, smaller consulting jobs Mm -hmm. i like it so much more man yeah i mean one of my favorite things that i do right now is probably my favorite thing that i do is is work on 2120 handcrafted with a guy named adam venarian i basically get to work in footwear learn about shoe production Mm -hmm. um get wholesale accounts for us which is awesome, which means I get to talk to people. I love to talk. I think you you guys figured that out.
1: I think like a a Japanese store is carrying them. I think I saw before. Yeah, yeah. Now a New York store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
2: we're going to have a store in New York that we did some custom stuff for. Uh, We've got a place in um, Japan now. We've got a store. Actually, the bloke is about to be carrying our stuff here in Pasadena. And uh, yeah, so that stuff's developing, and I'm – I'm in the process of reshooting some stuff, all of the product with a few friends cool. for Aram for the website. So we're redoing the website right now. We're going to get together a pamphlet that we can give out to select retailers that we really feel like mesh with our brand yeah. well, because mm-hmm. we don't want to just be in any store. You know, we want to be in there with complimentary brands that we mm-hmm. feel like we stand behind. Right. And so we're making, you know, a pamphlet so we can get that out to people and make sure that we – Get some of these accounts that we think that we're uh, we're ready for, okay. and it's been it's been a lot of fun. We're we're mainly direct to consumer. We sell through Instagram and through our, our website. Uh, we prefer to get right to the people, but there are certain areas that we can't get to, like Japan. So we want to make sure that some of our friends who own those stores in Japan, right. they've got our product. Uh, I really stand behind these shoes because I was a fan of them before I started working with so
1: them. Yeah, how did that? How did that come about,
2: dude? I was I was walking through inspiration last year. And I saw these shoes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it was, yeah, it was, it was like a year and a month ago, I guess it would be, maybe even less. I was walking through and I saw these shoes, these loafers, and they stand out. Oh, yeah. It was the, it was the vegetable tan loafer that I had seen online before. And I asked him, I said, this is 2120 handcrafted. He's like, yeah. It's like, who else is here? He's like, oh, it's just me. I run this whole thing myself. (laughs) What are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. And dude, we just got along right out the gate. Hmm. And we met up later that week uh and just kind of talked about things and he said, "Yeah, dude, I'm down to do a little commercial and have have you direct it and produce it." I'm like, "Let's do it." And so we ended up doing that and it was a ton of fun. We ended up becoming like best friends and now I am kind of like a partner in the business. I do really everything with him now. And I'm so fortunate that that happened because adam taught me to value my work and he's i think the first person to entirely value what i have and help me learn about things that i didn't even know i had to offer and so working with 2120 has been hands down one of the best things for me moving to
0: la yeah because i think spoiler alert we're going to be doing and we're probably going to be doing an entire episode about 2120 so Ethan, i'm I'm gonna leave this up to you how much of it do you want to get into now. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a good place to stop. I think yeah, you've, you've yeah, for sure. Gone over but it. And- for sure. So, 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 um, how often has, is it, is it mostly that like you, you approach companies, uh, or has there been any case where a company has said, we really like your work. We would love for you to, you know, work with us. You know, I think, uh,
2: the, the referrals that I've had have been either through, um, friends or through companies that I work with them saying, Oh, we've got a sister company that does this. Mm. Do you want to help us out? Like, for instance, I was working at Logitech Ultimate Ears. They acquired Jaybird, which is a Bluetooth headphone company. Yeah. And when they did that, they said, hey, you guys need an influencer marketing program. Garrett Gooch, he's the guy who does it for us. He's going to do it for you. And so I got that gig. And then here in L.A., I'll work for somebody. I'll produce a little campaign for them. And then they'll tell their friend who makes handmade this or bespoke that. Right. It's great. So I've, I've had a lot of those types of recommendations. I haven't had a lot of people like reach out to me cold on Instagram or on my website and be like, dude, work for us. Because there's so many people out there doing similar things to me, mm-hmm. right? tooting their horn. I'd rather get in with a company and do everything I can to make them happy. And then if they want, they can recommend me out to other people. Yeah. Garrett Gooch does not toot. Here, gooch does not toot never tooted once
1: and i quote right but so can End you quote. and so some of our listeners you know obviously they're they come from a wide berth and i um, i you know yeah. all all 10 of them right yeah um but what can you, can you tell us a bit what's more ten guys? About, about like what goes into making a campaign and what you know you don't have to give up you know your trade secrets but like how do yeah. you generally approach you know what's what's your style you know when, when you do career? this whole thing gotcha. what's your direction yeah right
2: i mean what's my style and what's my direction there you go so You know, most people, their biggest issue is uh, their copywriting on their website and on social media is off. And Mm. uh, they have a brand identity, but they haven't developed the brand voice yet. So that's one Uh. thing I like to get into right out the gate with people and be like, hey, what do you want to sound like online? Tell me everything about the company so I can help you um, put that into words. And so, so out the gate, I I make sure that they, they understand what their brand is. And once they do, I want to make sure I work on their copy because copy is super important on social media and on their website. Right. Um, After that, we'll typically look at their content that they're dispersing on social, on their website. More often than not, it's not great, but it's, it's on the, it's, it's on the way to being good. And so what I'll do is I'll recommend, Hey, I've got a photographer who does in-studio photography and I think that we should reshoot your product and make sure that your product looks as good in the photos as it actually is in real life. That's something I do. And then, hey, you you have some good photos on social, but you don't really have any video that shows how your product moves or how it's used. Maybe let's do a video. I've got a videographer over here who's a friend of mine. Let me produce something fun for you. So really what it is for me is just going down a checklist of what's your content like, yeah. what's your copy like, and... and that's definitely the first few steps. If I'm with a company that's already developed and has that stuff taken care of, I can't get into that much, uh, You know, then I'll maybe go for a little influencer program. I'll give some product to some friends who are going to post about it in a very organic and natural way. Right. And I'll make sure that they're really interested in the product. So really, I just kind of go down a checklist of how do you look? Like externally, how does your brand look to people? And if I find some places that... Need some work? I'll recommend some people that I work with and I'll see if we can get together a budget and make it happen. My whole goal is not to make a ton of money and you know, I'm not out here just like trying to take a bunch of money from people and never right. work with them again. I want to give them a budget that is appropriate. Yeah. Because everybody's asking for way too much money out here. That's the truth. People are asking for $20,000 for this campaign, dude, and we'll kill it for you. And they don't do anything. They barely work. They put a bunch of weird software bots behind your account. So it looks like their stuff is killing it. Bots are a joke. If you if you if you buy bots as an agency for a company so it looks like your work is good you're an asshole and oh, i will say yeah. that again mm-hmm. if you are if you are making it seem like your work is good when you're doing it for a company and you're lying about it you are an asshole mm-hmm. that's not something i will ever do and so so that's that's definitely not the approach that a lot of people do and they'll ask for a big budget and then put a bunch of bots behind a campaign so it looks like it's successful that is not okay to me it's not okay at all.
1: It's just so, not authentic. At, so, the, so
2: at all. what I do is, I put my budgets way down. I ask for less, and and I hopefully, what I'd like to do is is give them more. Mm-hmm. I'm I like to make sure that out the gate I'm giving them a really inexpensive uh, entrance to working with me, and I I like to prove it with my friends. Yeah. Um, It's once again, it's it's not just about me I'm I'm fortunate that I get to work with a bunch of super super talented Videographers and photographers who are all great friends of mine I wouldn't be anything in this industry if I didn't have them because I don't shoot I don't do video. I don't edit. I do write copy and I do produce campaigns and I have a knack for uh, Creative problem-solving when it comes to social media and branding But I, I can't do any of this if I don't have my friends
1: Wow. That's, that's super cool. Now, do you, do you find that this, this problem happens? Do you come across this, this issue that, that, you know, that like you said that brands have with their social media and their copies mm-hmm. lacking? Like how often do you come into that? Cause I feel like as, <laughs> as, as much as we are living in the future, that how ha- I see that happen quite a bit for some random reason, you know, and yeah, I'm not, I mean, not going to say any names or anything, but you know, but
2: I, I do see it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, want this to sound rude or anything but most most companies could work on social Mm -hmm. oh yeah you know here's the truth (laughs) a lot of us buy stuff just based off what we see coming from their account and if you're posting a photo that's pixelated you're posting copy that has a bunch of typos Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're not tagging people who need to be tagged yeah you're doing it wrong you really need to be meticulous about that stuff Uh and it really does matter and most companies could use a lot of work on it. I, I think that if I, th- I think you should always be working on it. If you're not working on it, I think you're headed in the wrong direction because things are always changing on Instagram. Oh yeah. Things mm-hmm. are shoppable now. You've got stories. You can you can do all kinds of crazy stuff that you couldn't do six months ago. Mm-hmm. You need to adapt and you need to make sure that your software adapts with it, your photographers adapt to it, sizing is different, you know You really have to be on top of these things, and a lot of companies aren't, and if companies are having issues with it, find somebody like me who's willing to go above and beyond to make sure that your stuff is consistent, because it really does matter. It will convert sales.
0: So why do you think a lot of companies are doing this wrong? Do you think it's just because they're complacent? They just don't know, or what? You know, a lot of times, either they
2: don't know. Or they've hired somebody who is not prepared to take all of that on because it is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, or they have somebody who's really good at one thing and not good at another. You know, a lot of social media managers, sometimes they're writers and the copy is off the hook. It's amazing, right? But they don't know to size photos a certain way to make sure that they're not pixelated. Yep. It's, just, it's just simple little things mm-hmm. like that. You got to make sure that you find either a group that can complete it for you or an individual who's very well rounded. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies can use a lot of work.
1: Oh yeah. I definitely agree. (laughs) Um, Dang it. Did you have something else?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so what companies out there, like, you know, let's get into kind of bigger brands. Do you think, are there any companies out there that come to mind that you're like, these guys get it?
2: Yeah, dude. I mean, Okay, let's let's go to in studio product photography, like on on an actual individual. Yeah. Uh, Essence, if you guys have heard of that, S and then sense S E N S E. I think so. Yeah. Essence. Yeah, I I'm, I think they're out of Canada or something like that. Mm-hmm. They might be out of Canada. Their product photography is unbelievable. Um, but if if you're gonna hire for uh, other in studio photography, especially for stuff like footwear. My friend Bradley Calder is unbelievable. He's about to shoot everything for 2120 handcrafted. Nice. For for the website revamp. Um there's a new company that I'm friends with that does super super rad in studio creative photography. They're called Blue Made with two L's. Oh yeah, they made the cap that Josh Blue Made. They're out of New York. Everything's made out of Belgian linen unbelievable product photography they just came out um with this new little campaign they did for all their their new uh, spring stuff mm-hmm. and it is so rad there's weird plants all over the ground and people have their stuff all tied up weird jackets and oh, crazy layers the lighting's beautiful they kill it they really kill it um you know, are these,
1: like, big? I mean, maybe Essence is probably the biggest one, right? Or Blue Maid, too?
2: Yeah, Blue Maid. Blue Maid's, like, a, a mid-level, small-to-mid-level company. It's just run by a husband-and-wife duo, and they oh, kill wow. it. They look like they have a huge team behind them because they've got a lot of good friends that help them with that photography. Right, right. But everything else, dude, they do themselves. There's a lot of hardworking people out there. Dang. Yeah. You know, honestly, I have to, I have to say, a lot of the companies that are really doing it right they're not those giant companies. Yeah, they're yeah. they're they're small to mid-level companies that work their ass off and hire their friends who also work their ass off. That's the truth. Like the teenaged, for instance, I'm wearing their denim right now. Those Plugs. guys create really really cool campaigns. They get their friends together. They they shoot on like super eight cameras. That sounds awesome already. They, okay. they 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 send like um, uh, zines in in the mail when you buy stuff from them. They're cool. Their Instagram is super rad. It feels like what a story.
0: Their Instagram? Because I'm looking uh, The Teenage.
2: T-H-E-E. The We're teenage. looking it up right the now. The Ellen Show. The that's, Ellen Show. That's, that's it. That's the campaign. Yeah. That's the best one. You know, the, those guys create super rad campaigns, oh, sure. and yeah. a lot of their other friends in the industry uh, also create beautiful stuff. Dang. I have to say, man, a lot of people who involve their
1: friends in creative industries um, kill it. Do you think that the reason why these small brands are doing it, you know, it's because they're they're more immersed in the market? Because sometimes I think of, like, you know, like yeah. Banana Republic. You know, I work there. I don't know anything about their social media yeah. stuff. But I feel like they could do no wrong yeah they might not get like the guys like us who will buy them but but the regular people people, because they don't care you know and I guess that's probably a big issue with this too right that
2: sometimes comes down to the fact that they're huge and so they hire these huge production teams on like we're gonna get a director for this thing and some guy who has no idea about Banana Republic doesn't give a shit about Banana Republic comes in to create a commercial for them and it's just an idea that they have about something that they probably wanted to use that they got approved And then they just did it right or some photographer who doesn't care about the company comes in to shoot all their stuff Or does some cool lifestyle shoot, but they just do it for themselves based off what they want right when you're when you're talking about a company like the teenaged, right? Yeah, the teenaged those guys are hiring their friends who are already involved in the company, they wear those products, they believe in their friends, they'll allow the company to maintain a little bit of creative control so they can get out what they need, but they give their friend an opportunity to really throw something to the brand and show how they see the brand out right, in the wild. Right, right, right. You know, A lot of those guys are like ex-professional skateboarders and ex-designers and trendsetters from back in the day. They kick ass and they hire oftentimes like young friends of theirs to go on and and do super rad work for them it's it's really really impressive once again i think it's great for people to keep things tight if you want to produce something good uh, maybe give your friend an opportunity i think more often than not people are willing to support big brands that don't respect them and they really should just be supporting the people in their circle i think the most important thing that i've learned here in l.a is is don't be friends with somebody unless they support you the way you support them. I make sure that I go to as many friends events as possible. Oh yeah. So when it comes to me putting on Gooch collective parties with my brother, they're going to be there. People show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And that means the world to me. I mean, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm there. I've been in, uh, two, two for Ethan two. Ethan Wong so is
2: our uh, photographer. It's there pretty you go. good. Was
0: well, going to be two for two, but I got the flu. He so got I'm the, the first flu. There you go. Flu for
2: two. That's funny. Two
0: you know, thanks. I know, uh,
1: dude, to kind of put a classic mentorship, but I think that's what we've been talking about. It's still especially true. I mean, you know, like, I think Drake's is probably the best one right now who is killing it social media wise, who's killing it beautiful brandy-wise. content for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- they do like, I think this is more of an education for Spencer because I think we, we've looked at it. And, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, because, okay, so there's, for people who don't know, Drake's is a Thai brand. Well, started as a Thai brand. Now they do tailoring and everything. Mm -hmm. And they're technically in two areas are in London and New York. And they, their content is so great. Like they blend their studio photography with their workshop photography with like model stuff, like in studio models. And then they have like their lifestyle in New York stuff. And it all seems so authentic and real. I wouldn't
2: doubt that a lot of that is in-house done like by a creative team that's with them i honestly wouldn't doubt it because experts are producing that stuff well yeah you know
1: but like i mean because i i went when i went to the new york one they um their stuff is shot by a photographer who has his own line, and I was curious. Oh, to, like, beautiful! Yeah, I was, his name is Fred Castleberry. I think he prefers Effie Castleberry. Oh, uh, he's kind of in the circle, though. Yeah, yeah. He so kind that kind of is. goes
2: back to my previous point about. Yeah,
1: you know, like th- so, yeah. so. Similar to like you think, so he is a he's he does his own made-to-measure line. Cool. But he loves Drake's ties and he wears Drake's ties, and I think that the creative director, designer, the head of like Drake's, Michael Michael yeah. Hill, was like when they were setting up the New York store, they said. This guy Fred, he's super cool. love his stuff. Why don't we hire him to do photography? And awesome. like and just photography, you know, like yeah. that's it. And and Fred was like, "Sure, I'll do it." And he's, he's done like weddings or he's done like other campaigns before. And I think his stuff is so good because even though he has his own line, like he's able to make Drake's look like it's own thing, you know. Exactly, man. Exactly. And it and it's I love it so much. I try and emulate that look whenever I'm shooting my friends, you know, like us hanging out like Eating, you know, Gob and Boba. I love taking those pictures. And, you know, this is like a quick shout out to Drake. Because I think that in the world of classic menswear, they are killing it in that regard.
0: Because, you know, Ethan constantly talks about, he thinks that the reason that, you know, he thinks that people will be more likely to buy something if they see regular people wearing it. Or regular, just, you know, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like a fantasy. It looks like something that, Dude,
2: and that goes back to the exact reason why I run these influencer campaigns. You have regular bloggers, regular people right. wearing product, using product, not just these tall, beautiful models being like, yeah. buy this. That stuff doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. You can't just like put something on a celebrity and think that the whole world's going to buy it unless it's yep. a lot of stuff in the women's market that can work for certain celebrities. But the, the truth is the that... Men's wear is a little bit different. Men's wear is a little bit different. If, if you are trying to sell a pair of salvage denim Mm -hmm. you can't just like put that denim on some super famous actor and just oh it's gonna sell now that's not really the way it works your best bet might be to find somebody who works in the industry who has a huge following gift them a pair and then see where it goes because they might put it up on social and their huge following might follow suit
0: because you know when you're talking about like how it doesn't work with influencers for menswear i think it's like for the most part like guys just like don't give that much of a shit. Like if I have someone come into work, uh, come into my work and they show me a picture of like, you know like if they show me a picture of at like a celebrity at a red carpet event and they're like i'm looking for a tux that looks like this they are go- they they don't say like they don't go to like tom ford and say give me this exact tux that you put this person in yeah they just they go to they go to like some random place and
2: they're they like, go yeah. to topman and try to yeah. find something exactly. that looks similar or asos yeah <laughs> and, you know,
1: I was about to ask you like how do you find your influencers and I guess you answered it like you say you go after people who are technically in the industry like they're not Apart from it who just blog for the shit for the sake of yeah, like getting free shit, which I feel like Happens so often now. Yeah, and it's I hate it That's
2: tough because a lot of people make a living off of this. Yeah, like I have a significant amount of my friends in Los Angeles are bloggers who make good money off of doing this work yeah and when it is a hobby for people no offense if if it is a hobby for for some people but when it is a hobby sometimes it makes things tougher on people oh because the people who where, where it's just a hobby of theirs oftentimes they'll be more lax and being too lax in emailing and in contact with the company and the content you produce and how quickly you produce it that can mess things up for the people who run their blog like a business. I'm not saying which one's right, but I'm just saying that those two being very separate, it's kind of, there's like a weird overlap where companies don't know how to treat people. Mm. Do we just like give this person product and expect for them to post? Or, or are they one of those people who makes a living off of this? You know what I'm saying? That it there's a it's really weird right now. It's very very weird with this with this crossover.
1: It's so funny because I talk to Spencer about this very uh, very yeah. frequently. Every yeah. time someone asks me about like, hey, we would love for you to have this pocket square or this yeah. tie, and I can't say too much about you know some of the more recent stuff that's been happening, but I get into that moral question a lot because. I don't make any money off the blog. I don't make any money off the podcast. Yeah. In fact, it's the pod, we paid to make sure that we can have full length episodes <laughs> yep. for people, yeah. you know, just for fun. Thanks guys. And yeah, yeah. You're, you're all, you can hear my voice for longer. Everyone. There you go.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, I always wonder like, oh man, like when this g- is, is this guy giving to me because he expects something from me or, you know, is he getting like, you know, does he want a specific number of posts? Does he want me to do it like immediately? You know, what does he want me to say? Do you want me like treat it like as a real I mean, review?
2: It's, it's also cool if maybe they, got to know you first and then yeah. laid it that, all out there that is a i'm all about yeah. transparency yeah and it's a bummer when people aren't transparent about that Definitely. i've had friends be sent stuff and they got it and they weren't really big fans of it you know they just sent it out to them and then the company was like yo we sent you a bunch of stuff where's our posts
1: uh, did we talk about that did yeah, we you yeah you
2: know i think transparency is super important in really every aspect of our life oh yeah i make sure i'm super transparent with clients to manage expectations very transparent with influencers so they can manage their expectations i can manage mine of what i expect out of them right and you know there's got to be a a give and a take it definitely man I, i wish people would be more honest and open about what they expect from people it really helps out it really does help
1: out Helps out in uh, dating too, right? Am I right, guys? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Thanks,
0: Bowensaw McGraw. I was. Uh, thanks. <laughs> when I when I was doing it, I was thinking kind of Kevin, from The Office. Oh, guys. Oh, there we go. That was
2: actually that was a pretty good impersonation. I think I'm gonna <laughs> oh, stop at that. I think I won right there, so I'm not gonna impersonate oh, him again. Oh, at oh all. good, good, good. Yeah.
1: Um But yeah, no, that that's that's a super that's that's a really good point because. I, I do like, you know, like you said, if they were to come out and talk to me a little bit, I think I'd be more comfortable. Yeah. You know? I mean,
2: dude, if if they want you to post about it, he should just say, hey, we really like what you do. Are you down to do a few posts if we send you a pocket square?
1: Right. Right. Just ask.
2: Yeah. Just ask, dude. And then if you say, hey, dude, yeah, that'd be cool. But my rate is um, $50 a story and $100 for a post. And then... If they're down with that, they'll say, okay. And then you ask for a deposit. They send you a little bit of the money, maybe 25% up front. You do the posts and then they send you the rest, hopefully within 30 to 60 days. Right, right. Boom. Simple. I, I, I feel like there's so much weird backstabbing and non-transparent stuff going on. I really wish that that people would be more honest about their intentions.
1: Yeah, Definitely. You know, the subject of paying is something I also think about because yeah. I, I try and make everything, mean, I buy everything myself yeah. and only recently have people been like, Hey, do you want some free stuff? yeah want some free stuff? Right. And, you know, and
2: with maybe some expectations oh. of something.
1: Right. Right. So, you know, I gotta, you, don't want, you
0: don't want to be a Have sellout. you, have you had
1: hey, I many of them be to...
2: transparent about it?
1: Yeah. They usually just say like, Hey, can hey, we send
2: you a pocket square for a post? Not really. No.
1: They just say like, Hey, if you do this, just like, you know, if you do post it, if at all, you know, tag us in it. I'm like. Sure, and then like, I mean that at least they're that's kind of yeah, and I, I and I'm pretty good about doing and, that you yeah, know honest to every them. time like even if it's from like Benny I think I started it with like that when like I would yeah. buy a suit from like one of our friends and I would tag them because not just. Because I want people to know, but because I like it, I'm like, hey, look, I'm wearing one and of we Benny's know how suits. How
0: much they appreciate it?
1: Oh yeah, I remember. You know, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but you know, after mm. I was interviewed by *Gentleman's Gazette*, they asked. You know, he asked me where I got all my vintage stuff, and at the time, a lot of my vintage suits were from Benny. And because yeah. of that, Benny has actually told me like. People have come at like, hey, I heard from Geno yeah. that you're like, the, you have the most vintage, yeah. and I still say it because he still does yeah. have the all,
2: most vintage. All the LA cats, I I tell them like, yo, this this hat that I'm wearing that you you guys will see in the photos, I'm like, yo, got this from Benny. It's a Dobbs. It still has the price tag in it. It was yeah. made in Modesto, so California. Good. It was six dollars and fifty cents.
0: Damn.
2: Um, back then, <laughs> definitely Anyways, wasn't
1: that now, right?
2: I, yeah, definitely wasn't that now. <laughs> but yeah, no. Shout out to Benny, dude.
0: Yeah, <laughs> seriously. But yeah, it's like because even you just don't want. The, I'm not gonna name any names because I don't. We shouldn't burn any bridges. Yeah, no. But burning. you don't want to. You don't want to be like you know a lot of, uh, kind of more popular menswear. Like we watch like I menswear guess, videos, and I it's guess. like we're we like it's like we he starts talking about something, and we play like here's the plug. Like that. Like
1: yeah, we're like because like, yeah, I think you know we, when we're gonna talk about it, I was gonna ask you what what you think the future of I guess influencer marketing yeah, and yeah. fashion is, but I. Don't say, I don't want to say hate watch but I I board watch a lot of these YouTube you know, mean mindless guys. Hate watch
2: is kind of funny. I've never heard <laughs> that that's funny.
1: Yeah, I you know. Like that. And these guys, you know, they'll they'll have videos of like top 10 things you need for spring and then they'll yeah.
0: just talk about something that's like so weird. Check like-
1: out like yeah, I'm going to do an impression because this could apply to any three people, but like, oh, yeah. you know, and when you're wearing that shirt, you got to check out, you can make sure the, the honey see your Vincero watch. And now let me tell you about Vincero and then a yeah. little pop-up thing will come up like a sponsor of this video. Yeah. And I mean, I, like you said, like people make, this is like a living for them. They don't, yeah. I don't want to say they don't have the passion for it because I don't, I don't know them, yeah. but I, I find like, you know, there's a big difference between what I do and what they do. And there are some people who do what I do, you know, they write about tailoring, whatever, and they, they get paid for it, you know? And, but I, I still think it's It's, a little bit more authentic and it's It's a little bit. Yeah.
2: I mean, I'll, I'll touch on kind of both of those topics where I see it going and what's going on now. I mean, the truth is, uh, like people like Denny Balmacita, one oh, yeah, of the first yeah, yeah. dudes that I that I think Josh mentioned him when he was on the podcast. He's one of the first dudes that I started following on lookbook.nu. And he's super
1: rad. Uh, I don't think he likes me that much. Okay, right on. The, the reason why is because I followed a girl. This is like a weird thing. But I followed a girl who was like super into vintage. Uh-huh. And I think they modeled with each other at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think I like this is like back in like high school or like college i was like i did like a like a fire emoji on her thing i like trying yeah. to flirt and he just commented like lol on it and i could mm. feel like
2: get feel the burn i could feel the burn from yeah, that guy burn
1: you know so and i don't i haven't i mean i don't follow him <laughs> yeah. i don't follow the girl anymore yeah. but this is i don't know if he still remembers that yeah. old ethan wong yeah. was trying so, to get at so that so like girl. his
2: his whole thing was back in the day was you know you thrift stuff you find a bunch of cool things and you put together an outfit now he's got Contracts with like vodka companies where oh, yeah yeah, yeah where he, right. you know he does stuff like that and and here's the truth, I I hate those alcohol sponsorships because alcohol to me is not cool. That's just because I'm straight edge and that's my personal thing.
1: Yeah high but, five for that by the way. Yeah thanks dude. Take that um,
2: so So those, okay. so all these big alcohol companies are like getting a lot of these menswear guys to be like yo drink new amsterdam vodka and they pay a ton of money. Oh yeah. And the the truth is, this is an amazing opportunity for a lot of these influencers to make good money at what they do. So they take those contracts. And oftentimes a big brand will pay them thousands of dollars to wear a suit to a certain event and post about it. Once again, I'm not saying whether something is right or wrong, but I think we're at a point now in this where I think that influencers should take it upon themselves to curate their brand list that they work with to make it more authentic to themselves. Oh yeah. It's going to help them in the future because let's say they don't drink, but they keep like talking about, go buy Bud Light. Another alcohol company is going to contact them to do that. Let's say they wear a Topman suit, but really they only want to wear made in Italy suiting by these kinds of people. Go contact one of those brands and say you want to work with them. I think it, some of this is up to brands to find authentic people who match who they are and for people to be authentic and for people to be authentic <laughs> yeah. to mm-hmm. themselves. I I hope that we're moving towards that. I honestly don't know where we're headed at this point. Mm-hmm. But with how our social media platforms are making it easier for people to click to buy and click to shop and click to visit, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot more large brands hopping on the Influencer train sooner rather than later now that they know how easy it is to track things right before it all It wasn't always easy to figure out like how many sales are we getting from all this money? We pay this influencer now being able to embed links into stories and and shop things quickly you are able to To trace a little bit of it back to the influencer not everything yet because sometimes people don't follow direct links They get to it another way. They get to things secondhand. Right, right, right. But you are able to get quite a bit of data on things. That's true. I don't, once again, I don't know where things are headed. I hope that they're headed in an authentic direction. And as a consultant who does a little bit of work with bloggers, I hope that I can pave the way for more authentic campaigns.
0: Well, Speaking of authentic campaigns, (laughs) I think this is a good place to go move to our plugs. (laughs) oh my god sure yeah spencer's getting plugs (laughs) he's getting plugs in his ears what's your closing thing let's hear it well i was closing time
1: talk talk yeah a great song i love third eye blind um (laughs) that's not what they are that's that's a reference to um have you guys seen the movie like uh friends with benefits no never mind okay never mind uh for those of you listening you will for those those of you you
2: listening etha just asked spencer to be friends with benefits Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, it's,
1: it's so beneficial. Now, I was just <laughs> going to say, you know, listening to you talk about that, you know, it's it's cool because, you know, I te- I'm, a, I'm a blogger. I work as a social media manager. Yeah. And being authentic is probably one of the biggest, I not, not really challenges, but the biggest thing I try to live by. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I hope that I, it's not out of control right now, but, you know, just something I keep in mind moving forward, you know, if, if this stuff keeps happening, which part of me is like, I want it to, you know, it'd be nice to work with other stuff and bring you know brings shed some light on some brands that people haven't heard of that I haven't heard of totally but it's also part of like I feel like I'm still not done sharing my view on menswear and it's sometimes it's hard for me to you know put the two together like yeah. it takes a long time for me to do a blog post like say I want to write about I'm writing about beanies right now uh, the knit yeah, Oh, it's out. Yeah, okay, it's shit, it's out. Because I, I did that randomly last a few nights ago. But, you know, like, I really wanted to do that. But, like, that takes a lot of time to do. And say if someone contacts me, I yeah. don't want them to wait for it. You know, because I, I still feel bad. And even yeah. if there's no strings attached, if they say, like, hey, it would be cool if you posted about it. And, like, I still feel the obligation, like, hey... As someone who writes about almost everything and shares a lot of his personal life yeah. with people, I feel like, hey, I should write about this and how it happened. And I try and keep that real. Like, you know, if you read The Gentle Supply one, I'll be like, hey, they literally stood in my DMs. Yeah. They said they like my style. And this is what it was. And I told them, hey, I'm going to write about this. And they're like, sure, do whatever yeah. the heck you want. And I did. And I was very candid. And they still – they liked it. and I. You know, if that's how it's going to go, then that's how I want it to be. You know, maybe a little bit more yeah. communication, but, like, I liked it so far. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what I wanted to talk about. And um,
0: So, speaking of authentic. Speaking of authentic. Let's do plugs.
1: Uh, let's have Garrett go first. I know you plug a lot for 2120, and I would plug them a lot too because Wait, what even, should i plug about what just, we, what
0: whatever whatever okay so either like st- stuff you're working on right now like your social media handles and gotcha. then like just kind of stuff whatever you're into at the moment like okay. yeah
2: can i say some like some things some feelings and stuff too i can sure, like share some yeah, feelings yeah. on life I, and I
1: just did that so why don't you cool. do it
2: um yeah so my instagram is at gucci baby at g-o-o-c-h-y-b-a-b-y it's been my nickname for quite a few years um you know, I, right now, I do a lot of work with 2120 Handcrafted. If you guys want to support us, check us out on Instagram at 2120 Handcrafted. Our website is 2120.us. Um, we've got some pretty cool stuff, and we've got a lot of cool stuff in the works, so stay tuned. Other than that, I'd like to touch base on what Ethan just said, just about being authentic. Um, I think fashion allowed me to go on this weird journey of really being honest with myself and coming from uh, my early days of being bullied and and wanting to be accepted I realized at a certain point not to give a shit about what other people think and I think it's the best thing that I ever learned if you do want to try something out even if you fail I know you guys have talked about this on the podcast a few times try it out and fucking do it it, there, it's there's oh, yeah. no point in wasting any time wanting to do something with your life and not doing it If you want to change your job go and do it The truth is that a lot of the stuff that I do I, I try to keep a smile on my face work is hard as hell, but that's why it's fun, man And I think that if if people who are listening to this podcast want to all get into certain you. things All 10 of you if you guys want in to get want to get into certain things in fashion or change your career fucking do it there's no point in wasting any time kick some ass peace out gucci baby
1: that was cool
0: spencer do you have any last words or do you want to plug anything yeah, i'm gonna plug some things my uh, instagram uh at spencer dso uh i finally did it i read amy torah you did oh my god i'm so and happy you so read it. Thank i you. i got arrived and now i can see time uh because all the secrets were unlocked yeah mm-hmm. had a
1: Chinese general tell
0: you yeah, his phone number <laughs> so, so I could call him in the past and tell him about spoilers how <laughs> for arrival. Spencer's just
1: hyped because there's
2: a, how to um, figure out what decade Levi's are from in the yeah. book. Well now uh, he's got the play by play. Buddy, I knew that. <laughs> buddy, oh. buddy. I already knew that. Uh, so
0: yeah. Read Amitorah, Great read. Uh, f- uh, fun, fun stuff. Real fun stuff. Um, also, uh, podcasts I've been listening to recently or re-listening to, you must remember this. It's about old Hollywood. Even if you're not into old Hollywood, the the, the uh, season, I guess you could call it, series I've been listening to recently is called Charles Manson's Hollywood. You don't have to be into old movies to enjoy it. It's super fascinating um just because it's about obviously it's about Charles Manson but then it's just really about how american culture hollywood specifically was changing and how stuff like the manson murders vietnam all that stuff really changed the very idealistic 7 or 60s into like the kind of grittier 70s uh, and then finally watched it again yesterday spotlight good movie oscar oscar night it was nominated for best picture last year the year before something like that It's a good movie about the Boston Globe and covering uh, sex scandals in the Catholic Church. Uh, Can I say something really quick, very
2: important? There was a place in San Diego called Oscars, Mm -hmm. and so every time I hear the word Oscar, I start salivating because I think of their breadsticks.
0: Fuck, we're about to eat pizza, so
2: yeah, we're gonna eat pizza in a little bit. (laughs) But anyways, Oscars remind me of Oscars, and there was breadsticks there. That's my other (laughs) plug. Oscars, I don't even know if they're in business anymore, but damn, they had some good breadsticks.
1: Well, uh, I guess I'll plug my Instagram now. It's at Ethan M. Wong. You can also find us, the podcast, on Instagram at at styleanddirection, all spelled out. Uh, we're probably gonna include some funny pictures of maybe like the Oscar breadsticks if we find those. You Dude, I love just random to stuff to that we talked about. I think is what's gonna be on that on that uh-huh. Instagram. Uh, you can also email us uh, at style, direction, style direction at gmail dot Nope, even? nope, okay. we don't have anything. No one really emails. Stay but, tuned know, for there. some
2: bad fashion photos of me from middle school. Oh please, and high school. we're gonna
1: post all that on there. And then maybe
2: a current cute photo of me, there being we not weird and bad. Taken at fashion.
1: taken by uh, fashion portrait photographer. Ethan Ethan
2: M. M. Wong. There it is. On Instagram.
1: Right. There we go. Um,
2: And on MySpace. Oh, Oh, yeah. And on Vine.
0: Quick plug. I mentioned that Telesin makes a great denim jacket. Check them out.
2: And the guys who own the company are very, very
0: cool.
1: Wow. Wow. I don't really have any clothing plugs. Everything I'm wearing is like thrifted. I guess Kamakura is pretty cool. Um,
0: And they're mentioned in
1: Amitora. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. Ready to wear, I guess. You know, I mean... Yeah, I'm wearing them right now. It's not really like a plug thing, just more of me mentioning it. What uh, what's a good What's a good plug plug thing? Um, I would say, well, Shape of Water just won best, best original picture. score and best picture. Oh, and best picture! Yeah. I did not know that. Well, congrats yeah, to them. Shit. Back. Well, we just dated this podcast because this is gonna come out two weeks like after the after the Oscars. But yeah, oh, that's man, cool. Hope, if I you guys hope. haven't seen it, you guys should you should watch it. It's really good. Michael Shandy is really good in it.
2: I have one final plug. Go ahead. I hope this is out by then. <laughs> Gooch Collective Volume Three, March twenty fourth. At the Rogue Collective In the Arts District I hope this comes out in time
1: I feel like this will come out like that week So hopefully Damn boy Gooch Collective
2: come out There's going to be brands that I work with Brands that I might work with A bunch of amazing musicians There will be Boba again And if you want Yes there will be Boba And if you guys are feeling wild Come out on the dance floor Grab me by the hand I'll spin you around And we'll get jiggy with it
1: And come say hi to Ethan and Spencer yeah because cause they're me,
2: they're me, the gooch me. brothers boys yeah we love these boys
1: and i'll take your picture if you be like hey ethan take a picture of us mm-hmm. there were some people there that i took pictures of that i did not know uh but i said like hey can i take a picture of you guys yeah, and can i take super a cool. pic yeah so as our final final semi like last segment thing we're gonna ask you, Garrett Gooch, to come up with our sign-off and today. Will this
0: be the one that sticks? So far, all have. So fails. you want me to just
2: like say a phrase about, or or just like something what, about
0: like, what do you like when people
1: sign off? Like what's what would you know? What would yours be for this podcast? Um, Daddy's home. Daddy's home. Love it. Daddy's home. We'll see you guys <laughs> in the next time. one. Bye bye. God, that was awful.